0: Your blood sucking waves, come on and turn me out Ooh, when the lights go out How you gonna find your way?
1: Welcome in everybody, welcome to a new week of Afternoons with Staffy, uh, Mark Stafford in the chair. We've got Captain K and Nip Dog in the hot box to my right. Uh, good to have all of your company in association with Gull, of course our friends Gull. and Z, economical fuel and they will fuel your mission all year round. Great to have their company with us each and every afternoon. Coming up today... We have got Dave Flash Lithgow. He's an SEN commentator on the NBL final series. Um, the, uh, the Breakers won in Sydney, and then Sydney won in Auckland. What's going on with that? one all, perfectly poised, and no game until Friday. So um, a licking of wounds, I think, for the Breakers. If they could have gone up 2-0, could have been the Breakers for the taking. But now at 1-0, all, it's all game on again. Um, keeping an eye on the... Um, On the Vancouver 7s, the men's side of things, in about half an hour, New Zealand will be playing USA for 5th place. I'm pretty sure they'll still maintain their position at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, Earlier today, they beat Great Britain in their semi-final. But it was the loss to Australia in the Cup quarterfinals by 17-7 to that paid to their chances of winning the title in Vancouver. The women, they will be playing their final at about 3 o'clock. So we will keep an eye on that one for you. But so much sport over the weekend. Hard to pick a midday man subject, so I'm going to leave it to you guys. Uh, we've got the Breakers. We've got Super Rugby. We had the Crusaders uh, giving the Highlanders a lesson, 52-15. The Canes holding on against the very spirited Rebels. I think part of the Rebels' performance was the fact that they were at home very abrasive, uh, but a squeaky bum win for the Canes, 39 39- uh, 33. The Chiefs looked pretty good again, 52-25 against Moana Pacifica. And I guess the big result of the weekend was the Brumbies getting over top of the Blues, 25-20. Uh, NRL, Warriors kicked off to a very good start. I was pretty buoyed by their defensive effort, actually. Uh, normally, some of those attacks, particularly down our defensive Edges would have let Trison, but there was a spirited defensive effort by the Warriors, so pretty pleased with them. Uh, The Broncos beating Penrith, and the Dolphins beating the Roosters. Just incredible, that game. I could not take my eyes off the Dolphins. What an introduction to the NRL. Supposedly one of the bottom teams beating one of the top teams. 32,000 fans in attendance. 32,000. So we'll be talking about the league With Fonzie, mainly on the Warriors, but I'll get his thoughts on that Dolphins introduction to the NRL and the Titans getting over the top of the Benji Marshall, Tim Sheens led West Tigers. So many different talking points. Uh, We'll be talking to Dave Lithgow about the NBL, Fonzie about the Warriors, Simon Chapman, a Kiwi over in Australia now working for Nine News on the Brumbies win over the Blues, and former Olympian heptathlete Sarah Cowley Ross was at the New Zealand Track and Field Champs down in Wellington. And we'll have a talk to her about some of the great performances. And, boy, there were some rippers. Personal best New Zealand records. Um, a whole lot going on down there. So I leave it to you, good folk, for Midday Madness. 0800 150 What grabbed you? The Breakers? The Brumbies beating the Blues? The Crusaders return to form against the Hollanders? Or was it something from the NRL? The Warriors? Good start. Good start. The Dolphins, fantastic start. I leave it to you, Midday Madness. Let's go.
2: Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockinist speed of madness.
1: Okay, the floor is yours, good people. The floor is yours. So I want to hear what you've watched. I want to hear your opinions on what you saw. It was, there was so much. Indy cars was on as well as the sevens. It was a full, full weekend of sport. Formula One started as well. Get on the line. Give us a yell. 800 1 11. We go to Christchurch. Talk to Mikey. G'day, Mikey. G'day, Steffi. How are you? Oh, I'm full up. I just couldn't watch it all on the weekend.
3: <laughs> I'm, I, there is so much. I'm just going to stick to the uh, Super Rugby. No surprises. No um, surprises. <laughs> I think with the with the Artie Savier thing, I mean, if his parents have ripped him a new one, like the media is saying, that's punishment enough, isn't it? And, they, mean,
1: would and yeah. they would have. Yeah. <laughs> and they would have. And
3: they would have hard out. So uh, I think he's uh, done his penance and his time. And he's not the type. He's not that guy. I don't. I don't believe he is. And and geez, if you if you are in the heat of the moment, we've all played. Well, most of us have played sport, A, eh? Sometimes you, your head just goes. You see red. Yeah, you know, did. and uh, we've never seen that from him before. And he's so important for the Hurricane. So I hope he does make the field next week. Um, am I a bad person for um, raising a smile for the Blues result?
1: <laughs> no, I think you're a Canterbury person. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, just after the ripping we got last week, and deservedly so too, it's got to be said, um, I just like, well, you know, the Brumbies, they look like they're going to be a good team. And. Uh, if anything, I would say that I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, panic stations for the Blues. I mean, they are a really good team as well. This is the kind of the wake-up call some of these big teams need at the start of the season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's healthy, and I'm, this isn't an anti-Blues thing at all. I think it's good at a, a, an Australian team's beaten a New Zealand team, and early in the season, now everyone's like, OK, Brumbies, OK, let's go.
3: Well, I think also just, okay, this is what we need to bring if we want to consistently win, you know. So reputation means nothing. The other thing, yeah, it was great to see the Crusaders win. Um, so that's awesome. Moanga obviously got his head out of Japan and <laughs> got back on the field and played a blinder. But, geez, I, I hope someone does a deep dive this week about, I'm quite concerned about the uh, the Highlanders. Um, I mean, they're our southern brothers down here. I mean, you've got the big boys up on the North Island. We've just the you know Crusaders and Highlanders down here, and that's 112 points in two weekends I've shipped. Not good.
1: No, it isn't good when you that's think about yeah,
3: it. Yeah, it's a real worry, and and uh, I, I I guess someone from down there might have a better idea, but. You know, what the hell's happening in the, in the Highlander country? not good.
1: No, and when you look at the points table, um, they are sitting at the bottom. Of course, two losses from two, but their points differential is 77, minus 77. Uh, second to bottom, minor Pacifica, minus 25. So I don't know what they can do. I, I, I Gosh, it's a, they're in for a flogging. It, it's it's sad to say because they're a proud province, and they're good to watch too.
3: Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, I'll let someone... I'll uh, jump on Thanks Steffi Thanks, Cheers buddy mate.
1: Good to chat mate, It's Mikey from Christchurch We go to Wellington Talk to Scott G'day Scott
4: How are you Steph, How are you going
1: Good Scott
5: um, I'll, I'll touch on the NRL But I just want to say um, For the um, Just on the Phoenix Just quickly as well Just another good win yeah. Over the weekend And continuing to push For a, a playoff spot um, So I think uh, They're up in Auckland uh, this weekend, so hopefully another victory up there and um, can secure their playoff spot in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, they. Um, I watched it, I, admittedly, I watched, uh, I think I turned on to a replay in the 30-something minute and they got those two quick goals, and they were proper goals. But
5: they were, yep. Yeah, no, it was. Um, I mean, they just they just keep grinding out the results, which is brilliant. Um, the unfortunate thing is, most of the other teams around them keep doing the same thing, so mm. they just can't seem to pull away. Um, unfortunately, I think they've got about a four point gap between them and this, They're in fifth, but the seventh place team. So, as I say, fingers crossed, another victory this this weekend at Eden Park.
1: Yes, true, um, true.
5: But just um yeah, just on the NRL how good it was to have that back on again this weekend and um obviously the Warriors uh, getting the victory and um it was just so good just seeing such good defence um, you know, just after the last few seasons and, and for that whole eighty minutes as well. Um, you know, in, in the past you, you could get up to around about the sixty, sixty fifth minute and thinking uh, you know, the defence is gonna crack at some point, but it just kept on going and just kept on holding. Yeah. Um, no. which was which was so good to see.
1: Yeah, it was so good. I, I like yeah, I agree. It was the defense it was the mindset that I hadn't seen from the Warriors for a while.
5: It was just yeah, just a solid mindset that they, you know, they were not gonna let the the knights get in there and, and take the victory away from them. And and obviously, um that'll do the world of world of good ahead of uh you know, playing a Wounded Roosters this coming weekend. Um, and then I think it's up to Townsville after that. So that's two two tough games, but uh, a great weekend. And I think apart from um, the Bulldogs-Manly game, every game was pretty close and, and exciting.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree, Scott. Good call. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Steph. Have a good afternoon. Cheers, buddy. Uh, Scott out of Wellington. Go down to Dunedin. And talk to Dean. G'day, Dino. Yeah, Mark, in Auckland. You're in Auckland?
6: Yeah, yeah, true. i am going to go get one of those burgers. I can't remember what it was. That's what I rung
1: for. Wall Burgers. Prince's Wharf. Down on the that, viaduct. No, I, don't know.
6: I'll get you. I don't know where I am. I'm dot like .com somewhere. I don't know. Hiding. <laughs> <laughs> that old bad mention of his. But uh, yeah, I watched the breakdown last night, Steph, eh? and I couldn't believe it. Like Honestly, we'd love to have Rico Ioane on the wing instead of Garden Bishop. That would help us immensely. Mm. But what? Well, how does he get in their nominated team. We had to pass the ball twice and they win the game. But this is my concern with him at 13. His natural instinct was to tuck and go twice with men outside him. Mm. And they and no one brings it up. They're scared of him. Like, we're not allowed to say you're not good enough at 13. That's schoolboy mistakes. Not all black mistakes. Yeah. Not great. Not great at all.
7: I can't believe it.
6: Like No one says anything. It's like, is he... Are we not allowed to say, well, I love him on the left wing. Like he's he's got to be the best left wing run around. He's the worst 13 I've ever seen. I just don't get it. I don't get why he's there.
1: Mm. I wonder in their wash-up and when they say uh, we'll analyse what we did right and what we did wrong, if that's pointed out, I just wonder.
6: They're scared of it. It can't be. Like, uh, the first time when you, he does that, oh, he's sitting beside me in the grandstand if I'm coach. <laughs> two weeks in a row he's just not playing again mm. certainly not at 13 and yet we're going to put him in the all blacks there like I don't get it Like I, we'll send him to the Hollanders, we'll get him trained up to play number 11 because we certainly need one
1: yeah you need more than an 11 unfortunately I think Dean <laughs>
6: well, I don't know mate it's a huge loss like the Brumbies annoys me mate I didn't pick the bloody Brumbies because they I know, saved the Blues from numerous defeats last year and he, he's not the Well, they're not playing. I don't know if he's the, But that's the player they lack. A, a team up front will lose. They'll get no ball. You can have a million dollar ball and Look at the games. i have had it for years, and it, you've got to have some grunty blokes up forward that are going to put their heads in those dark places.
7: You've got to have
6: uh, a um, Ethan Blackadder or something like that in your team. Mm. They just—they just don't. Brilliant loose forwards, but they don't have that. Memorable. And Romano, you know, Romano did it last year, mate. Like he saved them so often, just doing the ugly stuff, but doing it real good. Mm. He was the best signing for me in the Super Rugby last year. Him going there, and that's one of the major contributing factors to him making a final. And the referee not penalising the same guy on full time and giving the Chiefs a chance to kick a penalty. Never mind. <laughs> that's how it goes. But I just can't believe he's untouchable.
8: With the truth.
1: Mm. Alright Dino, we've got lots of calls, thanks for calling in buddy um, We'll go down to Upper Hutt, talk to Gary, g'day Gary
8: G'day Steph, hey I like it how you let us pick the topics Because I'll talk cricket every time <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I just want to put a big congratulations to the Wellington Blaze For taking out the Halliburton Shield on the weekend Thrashing the Magicians for four runs
1: yeah,
8: <laughs> What a hiding, there. what a
1: hiding Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
8: <laughs> took it to them Absolutely took it to them. Got a bit of a revenge from that 2020 final where, wow, I'm still a bit bitter about that, how they do that whole format. but uh, So we got a bit of a revenge on them there. Bit of a shame for Amy Satterslate um, bowing out on a loss but, you know, after her pretty stellar career. But um, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, just wanted to chuck it out there and uh, say congratulations to the Braves. Um, once again, they've just proven really to be the just by far the most dominant female team in the country. Yep. Like I say, they're a bit unlucky in
1: the 2020 final, but, yeah, we got it back on Saturday. There it is. Go the blaze. Good yeah, man, Gary. Yeah, right. Thanks for calling, buddy. <laughs> all right, Steph. Champion. Um, life member. Life member, Zade, we were going to go to a break, but because you're the life member, i got to get you on. I think I can just turn my mic off and sit back and listen to your review of the weekend, Zade.
9: Jones does John Jones things he sits on ice for three years and um, Cyril Garn he knows his weaknesses takes him down takes his back and it's all over there's nothing that Cyril Garn could do um, the fight we never saw coming with Shepchenko losing 8-5-1 streak Alexa Grasso gets her down takes her back chokes her out <laughs> Bo Nickel all hyped on debut he takes the submission win home um, what a fight. Um absolute great. Um great uh card. Um Drake C gets another win. Uh he keeps the stock rising in the middleweight division. Uh great UFC uh two hundred and eighty-five card. Um for me the blues they lost the game in the first uh first ten minutes. I'm not sure a lot of blues fans aren't too happy about the refereeing. Um two yellow cards. Um and that's where the game was lost, um, being down <clears throat> 10-0 early, and apparently the Heat, I think the Heat got to the Blues. Dalton Bubbally, he said it was the hottest ever game he's played in, so I uh, don't think that helps either. <clears throat> Another great one for the Phoenix. Um, uh, well, the Breakers and Sydney Kings, that's all tied at one Also, so it keeps on going. Um, gives other fans to go to Game 4 at Spark when they come back home. Hopefully we can beat them in Sydney and it's all on, on game four to try and hopefully end the series, or if not, it might go back to game five, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Chiefs, um, too strong for Moana, but their discipline let them down to bit in that second half. Moana came back, and uh, Crusaders were all over the Highlanders. Um, great game of uh, NRL, the uh, Rabbitohs Sharks, Lachlan Elias. I reckon he could be one of the players of the year this year. He was a great young half And also, Trindle for the Sharks. He looks great. Um, And, yeah, interesting about the Titans being the Tigers. Um, Everyone was hyping the Roosters up, and they lost to the Dolphins. And, uh, yeah, great win by the Warriors. I thought um, Wade Egan looked good. Um, Nickel Klockstad um, looked real good as well. Uh, Montoya, but, yeah, uh, great win by the Warriors. They're going to have a harder game this weekend with the Roosters. But you can can show how to beat them, what the Dolphins did. Um, But, yeah.
1: What an amazing wrap-up of weekend sports, Zaid. That's why we love you on Mondays. Good man. we got to go to a break. Thanks, buddy. Zaid, life member, we'll be back. Brett, Darren, Steve, and anyone else who wants to call, we'll get you after the break. 800 811 for the Midday Madness. The phone line's stay open for you, want to hear what you thought about the sport across the weekend. Brett from Huntley's probably going to mention Ironman Thobore. G'day, Brett.
10: Brutal day down there, man. It was yeah. hot.
0: Was hot, was it?
10: Yeah. Um, even even the breeze coming off the lake was bloody warm, stuff. Ah. And, um, yeah, it's tough conditions. That's, so that means that's a headwind for the return leg of the the cycle. Um, Like, same conditions for everyone. But the pro men's race was, um, I saw them heading out on their last lap of the marathon and It was about a 40-minute gap that Braden held over Mike Phillips, and then, um, yeah, he cramped up down the back and, yeah, slipped through his fingers. They came out of the water five seconds apart, so they just went hammering tongs at each other all day, the mad buggers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a long day, eh?
10: Sub eight for for both those guys, and, um, yeah, and friend of the show, Vissa, came over and, took the chocolates off um, a couple of Kiwi girls.
1: Yeah, look, I knew she was good. I didn't know she was good enough to win. I mean, I was like, when you, you messaged me, you said Visser, and she won. It was amazing.
10: Yeah, um, yeah the two Kiwi girls, were, um, they had a six-minute lead on her out of the water. Um, yeah, and she, she reeled, them in, reeled them in on the bike and, and just managed to hold them off by a couple of minutes in the marathon.
1: What what sort of crowd turns out to support the athletes at Ironman?
10: Oh, it comes out to, town's bloody busy and um as that's that's half of the problem for for someone like me going down there who's not competing is that you roll into town and oh, you just get swept up in that rubbish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so is it down and back in the day, was it?
10: Uh, I felt like I, I had that many Itches I needed to scratch. I felt like I fell into a mosquito's nest.
1: <laughs> so you'll be competing next year, eh, Brett?
10: Oh, I've got to get the Minister of Finance to sign that stuff off. But <laughs> the whole of Toowoomba gets into that. Yeah. Um, I looked after. I looked after the town then, and we had uh, other support crew. They shot down to the Turner Under Rip because it's, it's a it's a bloody team effort to um get get someone in and so, and support someone while you're out there. It's a long day for us. Mm. Long day for support crew.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. I tell you what, me, Captain K, Sammy, we'll all come down, we'll be your support crew next year. Compete.
10: <laughs> might as well, we might as well bring the show down there, Seth. That's it, mate.
1: Put a GoPro on you, a live mic, away we go. <laughs> <laughs> there
10: might be some uh, obscenities uh, bleeded out um, during the marathon there mate oh that's all right we've got it we got a dump button
1: mate we've got a dump button (laughs) hey listen good to hear from you we've got more to get through have a great day buddy all good great one more one more before the news we'll get to darren over in aussie g'day darren hi Staffy. how's your monday how's yours you went to super round i'm excited
11: I it was good mate yeah it was it was good probably about ten thousand there so a lot better than last year but um I haven't seen the official numbers because um, I don't know what they've done at Amy Park, but they've got rid of one of the screens, so the whole one side of the um, stadium we couldn't see replays or anything. So, <laughs> oh no.
1: so, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a bit bizarre. Now you took a but, mate, um, you took a yeah. mate to rugby for the first time.
11: I loved it. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he really enjoyed it. So he uh, he definitely said to me, "Geez, I know how to tackle." <laughs>
1: <laughs> there were some hits. Geez, the um yeah. drew a game. God, the hits in that game.
11: Oh yeah, I mean you're always going to get big hits in that. So, mm. but um, that was that was really good. Yeah, and uh, the one thing I'll say about Adi Savia is it's not okay what he did, but why? Like for him to go off like that, there's got to be some ridiculous stuff thrown at him. Yes. So. That's 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 all I'll say. Um, yeah, I, I think one thing that Dave Rennie will leave is nickel in in Australian rugby. <laughs> that's one thing that'll live on for a while from Dave Rennie, I think. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's but, a, it's uh, a comp- um, just
11: one, one Yep. One thing I wanted to quickly raise with you: Have you noticed um, the red the the yellow card to New Zealand team ratio? I think we all got a little wrong on the weekend.
1: No, I, but now if you, you say the that
11: the yellow card. Heavily, I mean, Crusaders excluded, but heavily on the New Zealand tally. Mm, uh, discipline. I think that's something we are definitely we got to yeah big time. We got to look at our discipline. So, and I think we're rea- overreacting to things. I think they're just trying to everyone's trying to wind us up.
1: <laughs> and we're reacting to it. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good on you bud uh, Alright thanks mate Thanks buddy Cheers. We'll take a quick break For new sport and weather We'll come back with Steve If you want to join in uh, Your experience of sport Over the weekend 0800 150 11 Steve straight after the news And you if you want to Give us a yell
12: To the rockin'est beat of madness
1: You're welcome to join in on 0800-150-811. That's our number. We go to Steve out of Auckland. G'day, Steve.
2: Oh, good Steffi. How are you? Good, good
1: weekend? Oh, good weekend. I just, I've just i got square eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of that, definitely. Let's start with a, a, bit of a bit of a positive. Obviously, I, you know, Australia, they just seem to be producing some really good young players and a player that caught caught my eye was funnily enough um in that game between the 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 Drua and um and was it the Waratahs. but the uh, the number eight Lungi Gleeson. yes um only twenty years old and boy don't don't he remind you of he looked like a cross between Totai kesu and and a guy called uh, Willy or Willie Willy, Ami, Willy mm-hmm. Um i think you can you can remember him from the from the eighties um just an absolute beast of a number eight, and from what I understand, this kid is the second fastest over forty meters oh. um in the in the club. which when when you can sit they 've got Dylan peach they've got the guy um ah oh, the young guy on the wing n- new boy named Jorgensen
12: yeah.
2: uh, who's come from sevens that's pretty impressive, um but he just looks like he's got a really good rugby brain about him, and I bet you Eddie must have a big smile on his face because uh Boy, you chucking Valentino and 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 Herper, That's one hell of a, <clears throat> a loose forward trio. So it, it almost like it seems like Australian Australia have got their loose forward mix waste far more sorted out than we have.
1: Yeah, they're it's, very good at producing those raw bone tough sixes and eights. Like uh, Owen Finnegan's another one that springs to mind. Those sorts of guys.
7: Oh. Well,
2: very much, very much so, and it probably segues nicely onto the the Blues game. I mean to say, Valentino against a, a big Blues pack, man, he carries, he gets over that game line every time. And when he doesn't, he takes two or three guys guys with him. Just on um, Leon Leon McDonald, he must think he's a a teacher at a school for slow learners because <laughs> I think I think I think we spoke about a week ago about the Blues discipline.
12: Mm-hmm.
2: And 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 the, and for the Blues, it's just an ongoing thing. They just give away so many penalties. I, listen, I won't buy into the fact that the official was 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 biased. You know, you got to be a deliberate knockdown. Yep, and then a, a, a cynical a, a takedown. You know, that's a yellow card every every day of the week. I'm I'm sorry. You know, it's just just one of those things. But listen, the final thing is, I know Bowden Barrett sometimes can be. One of those endangered species that we don't always maybe discuss because he's such a skillful footballer. But boy, I've got to ask you this question, uh, Steph: are, are you concerned with his kicking game? And it's not just this year; it's probably over the last couple of seasons. And uh, some of his kicking—and this is—I'm talking about kicking out of hand—is very, very poor. And and and, and to me. It's a it's a real concern, and like I know there'll be people out there going, why are you're criticizing this guy who's so multi talented and 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 skilled." But boy, you know the good first fighters in, in the in the world, and I'm talking about the likes of uh, the Johnny Sexton and the and the guy from and the guy uh, Finn Russell from from Scotland. Boy, those guys manage games really really well, and they put their team into, into good position. So. In the case of Barrett, you know, one thing the Blues struggle is when they haven't got the ball. They give away a heck of a lot of penalties. So why kick the ball away?
1: Yeah, um, I've been a little concerned about his uh, kicking from hand. <coughs> as you say, I think his goal kicking is as good as ever, but kicking from hand and and when he kicks from hand as well.
2: It mm. was one perfect example where they were actually under advantage. And he put a kick back basically, well, almost it was a grubber kick, but the only person that was catching it was the person sitting in the first row <laughs> at, the, at, the, at, the, at the end of the stadium. And I thought to myself, man, there's an opportunity to actually build something. You're actually getting a free lick at this, mm. you know? And you could have walk, walked away with, with more points. But you know what? Um, credit to the Brumbies. I'm, I'm extremely, being a northern boy, I'm extremely rapt for somebody like Tamati Tua who actually turned down an opportunity to um, to play for the Blues this year because, and it was primarily, it was about game time because if he'd been in the Blues, he'd be sitting in his number ones in the stand where the Brumbies, he's had two starts and he can only get
1: better. Yeah, and he's looked good too, and he will get better. There's a lot of improvement still in him. I agree with you. I agree with you, Steve. Yeah. Um, great call. Good to hear from you, buddy. Enjoy yep. the rest of your week. Yeah, you too, buddy. Let's go to Graham, uh, the great Tunny Farman. G'day, Graham.
7: G'day Steph. Um, yeah, amen to Steve on, on his boat and barrett comments. Some of us have been saying that for a couple of years and get shot down by Ken and Zaid, but um, <laughs> yeah, if Ken and Zayd can text through the score, I didn't quite catch it in the news, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think the blues might have come second. It'd be lovely to hear from Ken.
1: I've got um, some texts from Ken. I've got some texts, I'll get to those. <laughs>
7: good, good on you. Um, Quickly on, Artie If you don't mean it, then don't do it. Yeah. If you don't mean to say it, then don't say it. You know, he obviously meant to to do it, man, because he, he did it. Yeah. And but the player, the guy I'd be worried about in the um, Hurricanes at the moment is Dane. Is uh, Dane Cole's man? He was mouthing off something <laughs> chronic, like just shut up, man, and get on with it. Yeah. You know, like he, his mouth is faster than his legs now, and that's and that's a sign of a guy who can't keep up with the game. So just, yeah, just go back to what you're good at, Dane, and that's playing rugby. Uh, and a shout out to Jack O'Gill and Zoe Hobbs, mate. Yes. That was unreal, hey, Some of that was, Jack O'Gill, well done to him. I I listened to Tom Walsh during the week, and I thought, well, he's probably going to come second, old Jacko, but that's, that's, you know, he should be really stoked with that. And oh. Zoe, man, that's friggin' I'm really pleased for her because she's, You know, some of our selections for the Commonwealth and Olympic Games, you know, she might struggle to get to some of these big events, but she deserves to be there because she just keeps putting in the league work staff. And that's a massive... Accomplishment of hers, they? Eh?
1: Mm, well, and, her, her, you know, like, her, her time, her time has given her automatic selection for the world champs, which is just brilliant. I'm, I'm so stoked for her. I'm going to try and get her on this week, actually, because after a long time out of injury, her first meeting back in New Zealand, and she did that was amazing.
7: Oh, I watched it, and it was just like, and you know, we listened to her on your show. All you, you know, the athletes to get on, I think, just go, girl, and it's bloody good to see. You know, yeah, like. um, it's been a while since we've had somebody, someone like that. We can say, right, we've got one we can really watch. Here. You know, Gus Nikitas would be another one if we could, if we could sort that out. But um, yeah, well done to Zoe and Jacko, mate. I'm, I'm pleased for both of them and all the other athletes who, you know, who put in the big effort. Didn't quite get there, but yeah, athlete, athletics doesn't quite get the coverage it probably should, and we, and we and we're reasonably good at it a
1: lot of the time. Mm. Brilliant. So yeah, yeah, cheers for that mate, have a good week Steph. You too buddy, good to hear from you, good to hear from Graham. good to hear from all of you. 0800 150 811 is our number to get in and have a yarn. Uh, just a reminder that at the oki it's back on tonight uh, here on SENZ from 9 till 10 and uh, Big Ben Rob, he is back um, with with our own Big Ben there's a couple of big Bens. Ben Francis, Ben Rob at the Oki tonight between 9 and 10. If you're into darts or just good radio, tune in and have a listen to that. Uh, give us a yelp. We'll be back after a short break.
12: Oh,
1: yeah, the Warriors. The One New Zealand Warriors, get up, you good things, one from one. That's how we like the season to start. And I reckon Justin liked it as well. G'day, Justin.
4: Hey, Staffy, how you going? Hey, um, first of all, just a couple of uh, other sporting results before I talk about the Warriors. Um, I shot 65 with my uh, revised game of uh, golf rules on the weekend. So Yes. Uh, but I uh, I adjusted the gimmies out to six feet. Yep. Um, I reckon that's a winner. So... Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't hit any out of bounds, so I couldn't use that new rule. But uh, maybe next week. So, <laughs> um, and the um, New Zealand Superstocks was defended by Asherese. He's uh, only the third driver in the history of Superstock racing to actually defend his title. So, wow.
12: um,
4: Yeah, so it's a bloody tough title to hold on to when you've got one hundred and thirty other fellas trying to smash you. So, um, but yeah, the Warriors. I um, great signs. I am a bit still a bit worried about their offence. Their um, yeah, I think once we get Metcalf on the halves I think we'll be a completely different team. I just I I still I was still a bit worried about old Sean Johnson. Um he didn't seem to know what he was doing half the time, whether to run or to kick. And uh, I don't know what's happened to his kicking game, but he used to have such a long punt on him, but yeah, he just
1: yeah, he just doesn't seem to go for distance anymore. Yeah. I I saw some glimpses from him, like he did make a couple of decent runs um, and, and I do take your point that our attack looked a little bit lacking but I'm pleased our defence did. Uh, I think the attack will come.
4: Yeah I hope so. I tell you what um, i would never actually heard of Jackson Ford before but uh tell you I'm a fan now he's, uh, he's going to become a cold hero that fella. Isn't he just?
1: Gosh I'm the same as you. Didn't know much about him. Uh, I want to know all about him now. Yeah no it's never good signs.
4: um yeah, I won't go as far to say it's our year yet, but um, it'll be interesting. the next two games will uh, tell us a lot about the, the, uh, the guts of this team. At the end of the day, I don't care if they lose every other game for the rest of the season, as long as they show up
1: at a heart, mate. So, yeah, it's certainly been lacking in the last few years. Yeah, it has. It has. Good stuff, mate. If we can pick up one win out of the next two games, I think that's a good sign. Thanks, Staffy. Cheers, buddy. There is Justin. Um, good to hear from him. Uh, had a few text messages. Let's get to Ken's one. He sent sent a few. Um, Ken. I think Dean's getting a bit carried away. Rico is the best 13 in New Zealand by far, and he doesn't get injured every week. Made a stuff up, but a lot do, and we will be back. From Ken. and There was another one somewhere down here. If I scroll. Here it is. Staffy. I accepted the loss until the wife said, how did the boys go? And then I went on a 10-minute rant about the referee. But in saying that, they were their own worst enemy. 17 penalties. The only highlight was Roger tuavasa Shek probably played his best 40 ever. Watch out, Hurricanes. And the third one from Ken Staffy. For Graham, the Blues at four on the table, Crusaders at seven. And we haven't been crushed at home. Haven't even played at home yet. And to Zay, don't panic, mate. We lost round one last year. Cheers from Ken. Happy to get your text in double eight double three. That is the temper bear post text machine. And we ran a comp on Friday to say which NRL team would win by the biggest margin. Name that margin and um, and a try scorer if we needed it for a tiebreaker. I'd say about sixty percent went for the Roosters to have the biggest winning margin, and they lost so it's not them, it was Manly. And their exact margin was 25, was 25. Well, Blake from Auckland, he picked Manly by 26. And his tiebreaker was Garrick to score a try, and he did. So, Blake, you are the winner of our sweep on Friday. you champion. So we'll get in touch with you and organise a $50 TRB bonus bet. If you like bonus bets... Uh, the vault later today is three hundred dollars. That'll be at about two, uh, about two forty. I do encourage you to get up to speed. Go back and listen to all the previous vaults. We've got it to a very narrow field now. I think if you do a little bit of research, you should be able to find. You should be able to find out uh, the vault three hundred dollars. Bonus bet up for grabs in the vault. Half time in the fifth place playoff between New Zealand and the USA. New Zealand are leading 31-0. 31-0 at halftime in a game of sevens. We'll keep you up to date with that as well. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up the first hour. Coming up to one o'clock, Brad's texting and said, Hey, Staff, you go home and enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, Zade's just done your job for you. He's great, isn't he? Zade with his uh, review of the week uh, from Kanu. Hi, Staffy. Hi, uh, Zaid was a bit quiet on the blues, not the usual three minutes or more on how super they are from Kanu Kano, up the Hurricanes. Um, if Artie Xavier played golf, he would definitely make the cut from Rory. <laughs> yes, Rory. NRL. Um, was the NRL on the weekend... The weekend, it just keeps giving. All the big off-season signings had shockers for their new clubs. That's from Sean. It was a great weekend of NRL, though. Uh, A sporting highlight of the weekend for me has got to be Sam Tanner destroying the field in the 1,500-metre final at the New Zealand Track and Field Champs. He toyed with them. I watched that as well. He started. He pulled a face at the camera just before they went, sat at the back of the field, went round to the front, got to the 400 metres, and went Bang. He is a freakish talent and we'll be talking to Sarah Cowley-Ross, a former Olympian. She was down there at the National Track and Field Champs in Wellington. So many good performances, so looking forward to catching up with her. Uh, Matt says, can't Arty just explain that he was doing a haka? of <laughs> pongo. Staffy, highlights for me from Marshy. With uh, the breakers Friday night, great game and those bloody Redcliffe Dolphins, mate. What a massive game! Go the mighty Magpies, <laughs> Marshy. <laughs> it's a long time before the NPC, Marshy. Come on, mate. Um, Michael Holdsworth enjoyed the weekend of the Hurricanes and uh, the Power. A one point win over Muth Two in Super Rugby oh, Picky. Yes, I watched that whole game. I, I agree, it was fantastic. Uh, Chris says, I agree with Ken. I don't think anyone can replace Rico at 13 for the All Blacks. The only person that comes close is Anton Leonard-Brown, if he's fit. He's picking up a few injuries, isn't he, Anton Leonard-Brown? Hey, Staffy, the Warriors. That's a long one. I'll save that one till later. That's a very, very long one, actually. Um, Lots more text messages. Double eight, double three. if you want to join the conversation. We'll take news now with Johnny Mack.
6: four next Sunday same time same place DJ Vasilovic with a three
2: timeout mode on the break it that'll do us spark arena game two they came to see the breakers win instead they got a masterclass in grit and grit the
11: determination from the Sydney Kings
1: Oh yes, it's 1-1 in the NBL playoff series. And Breakers fans would have thought going to Sydney, picking up the win, we'd come home and go 2-0 up. But Sydney found their fighting qualities and they've tied up the series 1-1. Joining us now, SEN Commentator on the NBL, Dave Flash. Let's go. David, welcome in.
13: Good morning, guys. How are you going?
1: We are fantastic. Gosh, it's nicely poised. But for me, it's taken away all this home-quarter advantage, Hoodoo. It's, uh, it's just game on again.
13: Yeah, no doubt about that. I, you, you can't help but feel that that the breakers just missed an opportunity, didn't they? Because if you went into that game and said, golly, um, there's going to be no Walton, the MVP, Xavier Cooks, who we've all just saw this morning, by the way, getting that two-year deal with the Washington Wizards, which is just sensational for him. His impact, of course, in the New Zealand NBL and the off-season here in Australia. And anyway, that aside, he wasn't even playing. He played nine minutes, and you couldn't get. And and the point guard wasn't there. And yet they found a way again. Noy was tremendous off the bench, wasn't he? And they've got that tall timber, and that's been the difference all year with them. Again, when you watch them all live the length they bring off the pine is quite amazing. And they do... They're a mighty club, you know. If if the Breakers went up 2-0 yesterday, golly, that would have made things really, really difficult for Sydney, but they didn't. Now we're at least going to go to a game four. So the beauty of it is they would have to close it out now in New Zealand from a Kings perspective, won't they? So that's something. Um, At least... If you'd said if you take one all after two games... The breakers fans would probably have taken it. Would that be fair to say?
1: Absolutely,
13: <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah. Just on on Xavier Cooks, so I think it's a it's a mark of a of a squad's resilience and depth. If your star player can sit down and only play nine minutes for you to rally Amazing. and get an away win, but Xavier Cooks um, out due to injury. Uh, what's the yeah. what's the reports on where he's at to take part on Friday? <coughs>
13: oh, well, I look. The, I, I haven't the only Xavier Cook stuff we've been reading is the fact he's gone to the Washington <laughs> yeah. this morning, isn't it? which is as mentioned, an amazing thing, but no updates, but I would be gravely concerned about both of them, what what impact can they have the on game three I mean, we're not, what are we now, we're not how many more nights have we got until we're ready three, four nights, so Friday nights, so there's a bit of time, but jeepers, they uh, there's, there's an opportunity here for the breakers still no doubt about that, and and I, I think they're, get, they're, they're going to get a better performance from a couple of key players yesterday that I just felt really didn't compete like they do. Um, McDowell White started brilliantly, didn't he? Mm-hmm. he looked in, in great form, but you just had too many guys that just didn't have an impact. Um, Brantley and Brown Jr. did what they do, but pardoned just six points. Um, the young star, Rupert, didn't score. He scored one point, I think, late. Abercrombie couldn't get any score in production at all out of him, and mcDowell white as good as he started, he actually only finished with seven points, didn't he? So, Jeepers, uh, yeah, there's an opportunity still. I mean, the glass is... I'm, I'm trying to go glass half full for you guys at the moment, and, <laughs> and there is reasons that you can go into that space, and I think with Walton Jr. and Cook's queries, that, that, that's still not... That, uh, it, it keeps, it keeps a, a real opportunity for the Breakers. I mean, they've an amazing season they were clearly the second best team in the competition clearly the second best team in the competition and um, you'd need to win two more times the,
1: the amazing thing to me was the breakers scored i think 9 points in the first quarter and didn't score for another three or four minutes in the second quarter so they'd been going yes. about 15 minutes and had 9 points very unbreakers like yes. yes it was Yes, it was <laughs> and and I've saved that for the for the finals um did you put that oh, no. down to it looked like a a bit of a um I don't know if it's stage fright or what it was they just had cold shots or was that because they of the d- defense that was put onto them by the kings
13: Well let's go through it so Abercrombie was one from six mcDowell White was two from eight. Um, Leafa was excellent, you know, he's got a 50% from the floor, and Parton just didn't get his shots shots up yesterday, he had five shots for the game. Um, you know, Brantley and Brown Jr. were just both with 20, but they were slightly inefficient. I mean, it wasn't a confidence thing, I mean, it's certainly confidence-wise, the way uh, the, the team's been led this year. and you know, I love watching Brown Jr. He just loves giving it to away crowds it's like not many sports <laughs> we've seen. And he's always full of joy and bouncing out, ready to go. And he was the most likely again yesterday, wasn't he? He looked the one that was going to at least keep them in it. But, oh, they're, they're just so professional, Sydney. Um, You know, Bruce, for example, only gave them five points yesterday. But he gave them six rebounds, five assists. He did a little bit. He got his hand in for a steal or two. Simon was tremendous. Twelve points, eight, nine rebounds, and six steals. I mean, he defensively. They're long. They're really hard to get around, and they have a terrific system under uh, an incredible coach. I mean, he's not everybody's cup of tea, especially here in Tasmania. The Kings are. I think they're, you know, they're probably the most hated team here by a long, long way. To be quite frank with you, but they have a they have a system that is really. It was almost like Cooks went out yesterday. Well, guess what? I'm going to bring Noy in and I'm going to give you 20 and I'm just going to substitute what he does. Now, you're not going to get that in multiple games, but they did it yesterday, didn't they? The veteran Bruce and Noy in particular taking the reins of the key players that were out, both of them all-star five players, and it was almost like they didn't miss a beat. I find that quite incredible.
1: I do too. Um, I'm just wondering about <clears throat> like basketball's a great bounce back sport like if you have a disappointing if you have a disappointing game and I'm talking about the big names from the breakers where apart from Brown, I think they were disappointing, they're not going to have two poor games in a row. No
13: they're not no they're not. I think that's absolutely uh, the, the fact. And Pardon's going to be angry, as more angry than he normally gets, of course, which is super angry. We love, don't we love, the big man's aggression. But, yeah, they, they've got... Basketball is like that. And you see it as an NBA fanatics, like myself being one of them, that 28-point playouts and two nights later they play away or back home in Dallas, wherever the contest is, and the tables are turned. It really is a momentum game, but... What we do know is we know Sydney are going to continue that momentum. They're going to to be awfully hard to beat. uh, You'd be sitting back in home today and thinking far out. The Breakers uh, missed an opportunity yesterday. Mm.
12: Are
1: the Kings in the Australian basketball league, are they like manly in the NRL? You said everyone hates the Kings, like the team everyone loves to hate. Is that an equivalent?
13: Oh, I think so, and I think um, they've also been super successful the last few years. Um, They obviously missed that one chip in COVID, didn't they, in Bogut's year when the the game got cancelled. And so they they would think that they've probably been the best team for four or five years now, wouldn't they? Um, Their coach is incredibly outspoken.
12: Mm.
2: Not these out
13: anymore, Smokers. Spoken to the break, Breakers coach, of course, is one of the most animated individuals I've ever seen in any sport. But that's a different conversation. We won't get to that. But um, yeah, they're good. They're chippy, but you know, I think they play it the right way. I, I've, I've never seen Xavier Cooks mouth off to anyone. I don't see Vasilovic carrying on. Um, I, I like what they've got, and it. It's been an amazing year of NBL. I mean, the depth is incredible. What the Breakers and Cairns have done this year has been a. Real joy um, to see how they've been able to flick the switch. But, like, you look at that, and I'm digressing here, but Illawarra finished with three wins, yet, you know, 10, their last 10 or 12 games, they probably could have won six or seven of them. Mm. Such a brilliant competition. Um, and Sydney continuing to stay at the top of that tree, and it's a real, it's a real a little mini sustained success. Now, they're going to lose Cooks. So. I mean that that now i 'm talking about in the future of course you know and there were two years with in the NBA which is richly deserved but um, they've got an amazing system I mean everyone says how they fit them into the salary cap um, the papers are there though for everybody to see and yeah they 're they're hard to love um, <laughs> maybe some Manly sea, sea eagles as well or in AFL terms back here in the, Australia um, it's Collingwood or Carlton, that they're generally, in, term, in time, they've been successful ones. Mainly, there's quite a wealthy notoriety, I guess. The rich toffee sort of dislike, I'd say, would rub into rugby league. I mean, Carlton and Collingwood weren't that back in the day. Collingwood, very much a working-class suburb, of course, but Sydney, Sydney, it's a different place, isn't it? It's a very much a different place to everywhere else in the country and um, seems almost foreign at times. It's a bit weird. It's different to Melbourne and Adelaide and Perth and Yeah. Different different you know, it's an AFL it's an NRL town against an AFL town. As good as the swans have been the last, you know, twenty years have been incredible. But if the swans started losing, no one would it for them. Like they're, they're so fickle. It's so fickle over in the city. So Anyway, interesting discussion, isn't
1: it? Xavier Cooks, um, an Aussie being plucked into the NBA from the Australian League. That, that's a big tick for the league, isn't it, that he's been developed here and he's uh, been seen. He's obviously – well, <coughs> NBA scouts are obviously looking at the Australasian competition. It's a big tick for our comp. Of course
13: they so. Yeah, very much so. It's an amazing tick for our comp. And we just got to go back the last couple of years. We had Lamelo Ball, Rookie of the Year, and then we had Josh Giddy, rookie of the year. Now anyone who's been watching Josh Giddy of recent times closely would know that, by golly, there's something special there. And we know Lamello Ball who's injured again now out for the rest of the season has has got all worldly talents and, and now what the 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 young French kid through the breaker system mm-hmm. um, we saw with Dang last year, who is a project player but he's six foot eleven and can shoot the lights out and he's played his trade in the G League for most of the year but He's highly regarded. OK, so you're going to be a juggernaut. Um, it's a wonderful competition. I mean, I still watch a lot of EuroLeague, uh, which is the pinnacle outside of the M- NBA. But, you know, that's the best two teams or best one or two teams from the the, the best European countries. But, yeah, it's a tremendous league. Oh, I think it's the most even and sort of strong league in all sporting um, national sporting codes in the country. Um, it, it's it's super strong. Uh, it gets better all the time. And look, I think the jack jumpers have been a nice addition. I think you guys would agree with that. But mm-hmm. it's it's on the back of some tremendous juniors. I watched Duke versus North Carolina yesterday. And the starting point guard is a young Australian. Um, it, it's some areas in the competition of... And they've had some New Zealanders too. And they're in the top 15 ranked colleges in uh, in the country, and they'll have a couple, they'll have two Aussie starters in that team. Um, it, it, it's a culture that is a bit like when I was a small kid in the '90s. Was huge. Now it's sort of done its full circle. The TV rights uh, this year, next year, for the NBA are going to uh, starting to get a bit serious, and all the kids are playing. The under 17, under 18, under 20 um, groups are super strong. It's su- it's really exciting, um, and I know. And look, you guys can talk about that in more lengths. And you know, there's not a lot of Stephen Adams is going around, of course, but it it is a developing game in New Zealand as well. Mm. Um, And it's it's a different fight down here that you're fighting with the AFL and cricket for airtime and kids to play it, etc., etc. But I mean, I'd love to what's your comment on that about the kids around. I mean, they, is there more playing hoops, do you think, than ever? I mean, you, your your program over there has been outstanding for 15 years. But is it even, do you see now more now that it's the kids are not just picking up the the league and union balls as much, and it's it's becoming a serious sort of threat. Is that would that be absolutely fair to say?
1: <clears throat> absolutely, yeah. um, the, I I'm still think it's the highest petition participation sport by school kids in New Zealand. And I was talking to someone from North Harbour, which is where the Breakers are based, North Harbour Basketball, and they said. There's just not enough courts to play the school competitions. They were having to start some school teams with start times of 9 o'clock at night in the middle of the week, which is just getting too late when they've got school the next day. But just to facilitate, there's just not the court space for the amount of kids that want to play. So it's in a very, very, um, very healthy growth phase because there's truckloads of 12 and 13 year olds wanting to play the great game and a lot of it is parent led as well with all of the concussion around rugby and rugby league as well so they're being not forced but perhaps guided slash persuaded to maybe have basketball as a crack and you're right you mentioned Stephen Adams he's a shining light and something you can aspire to to say you can make it from New Zealand.
13: Oh, and, you, and absolutely, you can. But I think I think that parents' conversation absolutely um, comes into it. It's the same with AFL. Um, it's a brutal game. Uh, you, kids are getting knocked out quite regularly. And I'm a you know I'm a I'm a parent these days as well, and I've got a three-year-old boy, and he's gonna he's gonna start to you know he's pretty robust. He wants to he wants to bash and crash like the rest of them, but then. We 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 want to have kids to give their own opportunities and they will do what they want. But when you, when, when parents are in a, a sort of situation where they can dictate it a little bit, and that's not what we ever want to do with our kids. But there's good reason why mums don't want kids to get knocked out playing Aussie Rules, or and the same thing playing the union, and the same thing playing the league, smashing into you know these great games that we love so much to play and as a spectacle, but. They can be pretty brutal, mm. you know. And, and basketball, um, and I guess soccer, which is sort of feels like it's a little bit stagnated over here somewhat. Although it's still a highly, you know, played game participation wise. Um, it's an interesting discussion. And basketball, they, they've done it well. Um, they've. It's very exciting. Courts is a problem, no doubt. Same here in Tasmania. There's there's just not enough courts, you know, and they're screaming out for. Funding, etc. But yeah, look, we're gonna. We're, we're, it's it's fascinating and and great to to see how it all transpires, and particularly great to see what happens Friday night with the breakers. They they travel well, and we know, you know, we know that this year each side played each other, no no, no one won a time. Mm. So, so it's amazing, it's they isn't continue it? Continue to form for the whole season, which is which is quite remarkable in itself.
1: Do the finals go four or five games?
13: Five. I just think, I just think somewhere, I think somewhere New Zealand will pinch one um, because they're too desperate. They're too, you know, they're, they're well led, um, but I just don't know. Game five in Sydney. I, I still, I still think they're going to be awfully hard to beat the Kings. I'd, I'd love, I'd love to be wrong. I'm not like the others. I don't have. I, I love good basketball, so I absolutely love watching Sydney play. But yeah, it's, uh, just that little back of your throat taste this morning again. You feel like, is that the opportunity we missed yesterday? That's
1: the concern. Yeah. Dave Lithgow, thank you so much for jumping on and having a chat with us today. Anytime, mate. Terrific. Looking forward to the rest of the finals. Have a great day.
13: Fantastic. Good on you. Take care. Thank you, mate. Cheers, bud. Uh,
1: David Flash Lithgow, NBL commentator. Let's hope he can call the breakers to a Game 5 clincher. I do feel like the Kings will win the next one and then the Breakers have to win the home one, so they will and then it goes to Sydney for the fifth. That's the perfect scenario, I think. Can't wait, can't wait. We'll take a break, we'll come back. Uh, The Vancouver Sevens is coming towards a conclusion. New Zealand has sealed fifth place after an untimely quarterfinal loss to Australia. It was a real blip because they'd just been destroying teams on their way to the quarters, but uh, Aussie put pay to us, but we've beaten the USA sevens by fifty to seven in the fifth place playoff. Uh, so the bronze final will be between Ireland and Australia. Australia getting beaten by France in the semis. So the final will be Argentina, who have been really returned to form, and uh, Santiago Gomez Cora, who was just a wonderful player for a long, long time with Argentina. He's re- rebuilt that team over the last sort of five years and they contenders every week. They've got big, fast men. So Argentina will be taking on France in that final at uh, just before 3.30. Women's side of the draw, New Zealand beat France in the semi earlier this morning, 36-7. And in the other semi, Australia beat the USA 38-0. So it seems to be a collision course for those two teams just about every, every sevens tournament now. Um, at the moment... In the 5th place playoff, Canada are leading Fiji by 7-5. Bronze final will be France against USA and then New Zealand, Australia in the women's sevens will be at just a tick before three. So I'll keep you up to date with that when that kicks off. And just a little brief look uh, for the Chiefs fans out there. Super rugby table, Chiefs are now top of the table, two from two with two bonus points, so maximum 10 points out of 10. Uh, second is the Hurricanes on nine, which is great, given that they've had two away games. Uh, the Brumbies are on eight. The Blues sitting there on six, along with the Waratahs. Five points are the Reds and Crusaders. And then the Drua and Force on four. Melbourne Rebels on two. Moana Pacifica have one bonus point, so they're on one, and the Highlanders yet to trouble the scorers. Yet to trouble the scorers. Uh, Round three result. uh, I can't. Well, actually, shall I give you the results? Even though it hasn't been played yet. Um, Friday night sees the Chiefs hosting the Highlanders. The Rebels will host the Waratahs. That'll be an arm wrestle. Uh, The Drua at home against the Crusaders. Hurricanes Blues, big feature match. For this weekend, locally, Brumbies will take on the Reds in an Australian derby and the Force taking on Moana Pacifica over there in Perth. So the Hurricanes Blues is probably the marquee match for New Zealand rugby fans. Um, Just had it also confirmed Ben Campbell, who finished second in the New Zealand Golf Open. He'll be joining the show just after three um, on the back of Chris saying the highlight for him was uh, Kazuma Kabori. His effort as an amateur at the golf, yes, he was top 10. I will look up that leaderboard. He he did very, very well. But Ben Campbell, uh, the highest-placed New Zealander who finished second, New Zealand Golf Open, will join us after three. Um, so we'll go new sport and weather, and we'll return right after that. <laughs> Uh message from Graham says afternoon staffer. Reminder to Ken that it's the last game of the season that matters, where for the last six years the Satyrs have come first. And that's all that matters in professional sport. How many years again has it been since the Blues won? Tongue in cheek, Graham. And from Ken, Staffy, on the Artie situation. Nothing in it, but I hope he gets a one week off. He was the difference last year against the Blues. But no, seriously, I hope he plays. He's a champion player. And a uh, a brilliant man. Normally we talk to the TAB now, but uh, Paul Mowatt is still looking for his ball on the seventeenth. He teed off on Friday, hasn't been able to find it. But the odds are out for Super Rugby Pacific this week, so I'm just going to run you through those. The Chiefs dollar Highlanders six dollars, Rebels three forty is backable against the Waratahs at a dollar thirty. The Fijian and Drua, what a defensive Effort in that first half and the whole crowd cheering every single massive hit. Oh, defensively, they were brutal. And I think that game is in Fiji. If I have a quick squiz, I'm pretty sure it's in um, Lautoka, I think. Uh, come on, Steph, you can find it. Lautoka, yes, Churchill Park, Lautoka. Oh, the crowd will be amazing. So Fiji are hosting the Crusaders. Crusaders dollar seven. Fiji and Drua seven fifty. And then the big one, Hurricanes Blues. The Blues are favourites away from home. Are you serious? The unbeaten Hurricanes. Sky Stadium, two forty. The Hurricanes one sixty. The Blues. It'll be a fantastic clash. As will the Brumbies and the Reds. Reds two fifty. Brumbies one fifty two. And the fourth against Mona Pacifica dollar fifty. Place 260. And then we go into Super Rugby Opicky. Chiefs of Manawa unbeat. I don't think they'll get beat this year. They're a dollar eighteen, Mata 2480. Power 230. Geez, they held on for Grim Death in the weekend. That was a wonderful game. Think about the, the Super Rugby Opicky. If you haven't watched it, watch it. They play like they need to score to win from about 10 minutes into the game on. It's just desperation rugby. They they fly into it. So the Power 230 and the Blues are at 165. And seeing we're in the TRB slot, the NRL prices are out as well. Penrith against Souths. Penrith with a bit of a hiccup of a start, wasn't it? 156. South Sydney 230. Parramatta, about six-point favourites over the Sharks. Broncos, only just favourites. Over the Cowboys. Gee, the Cowboys were good in the weekend. I'd take some of that two bucks now. That won't last. Uh the Roosters one twenty three. Warriors four dollars. I wish that was I wish that was at Mount Smart, but it's over in Australia. So back to back games for the Warriors in Os Aus- no, we played in uh Wellington, didn't we? Yep. Um, so the Warriors taking on the Roosters. Uh the Dolphins two sixty five against the Raiders one forty five. I'd be all over the Dolphins. They're at home again. Thirty two thousand. People, thirty-two thousand people turned up for the Dolphins' first game. What a way to kick off the NRL campaign! The Storm a draw of forty against the Bulldogs, two eighty, who were very disappointing. I think the Storm will pump them. The point starts only seven and a half. Uh, the Tigers one sixty, Newcastle two twenty, and St. George one seventy against the Gold Coast Titans at two dollars ten. There is your TAB update of the two, um, the two. Oval ball codes. We saw two games of netball in the weekend, and uh, Captain K, I know you watched both games of the netball in the weekend. It was a bit rusty, um, a bit rusty, a bit dusty for round one, but they've had big, they had the big tournament in Otaki. They've had lots of pre season. Were you a bit disappointed with what was put out on display? Uh,
0: Obviously not disappointed, because how good is it to have ANZ Premiership Nepple back on on telly, but you're right, there was that sort of overarching feel of a little bit of dust and a little bit of rust, and I think it was, uh, from a lot of our silver ferns as well, a lot of uncertainty about because Steffi, there's been so many changes mm. uh, to the teams this year. So, and and like we said last week at Otaki, you're not going out there putting your strongest seven uh, and trying to win the whole thing, right? You're putting on these development players, these uh, new entrants to try and get uh, their shot at what it's like to play domestic netball uh, first class here in New Zealand. And Mystics had a very big win over Steel, but it wasn't the best game that the Mystics had played. Like a lot of their players were quite messy, and there was uh, I think. If I looked it up now, there'd be uh, over 100 deflections and tips right across the round so far. <laughs> and there's only and, been two games. Exactly, and there's only been two games. We've got our Stars Tactics tonight, which is going to be a thriller, uh, I think. If you caught the the Pulse and the Magic game last night, I think it's going to be quite similar to that. Two teams who are in very similar positions, I think they just need something to unlock for either of them for the star at their core uh, with obviously losing their defensive end. It's it's going to be quite interesting to see how the new look uh, tactics offence with Alia Dunn moves around that uh, Steel defence, but it's oh, Steel, Stars defence, but I think it's going to be a very, very close competition this year, Staff, and I, I, I know the Steel took a hiding from the Mystics but I wouldn't write them off yet. Uh, they showed really good flashes, but I hate to say it, maybe it's the Sammy Winder's curse. I mean, <laughs> Mum and I said it uh, when it was happening, but why is it that Sam Winder's one of our greatest mid-quarters ever? She is when it, she amazing. Just, yeah, and she's amazing, but her team's always just... Don't do very well, do they? So I hope that uh, the steel can turn it
1: around, and I know they, they missed, will. They they really missed Hoochie, didn't they? They really did. Yeah, you never you never saw. She's one of those players. Who's That's obviously the, to hurting a Selby Ricketts. Sorry, we talking, yes, talking I about one of the I veteran players that. who's who's wonderful, and I think we saw how important a veteran brain is. To
0: a netball team, well, she's been captain of the steel for for two or three years since that uh, since that core broke up and, and Gina moved up north. But yeah, it's sort of one of those ones you don't you know you love her when you let her go. You know, <laughs> once she's injured, you're like, damn, the steel really did need her in that uh, defensive circle, and and I think it showed. And like we said, there was a few players who looked. A little bit tired and and just sort of didn't quite realise how intense this uh, ANZ Premiership season is. But I think what it was is everyone was a little bit too excited, tried to play their quick game, did uh, a really good job of slowing down, but everyone was just trying to play quick, fast netball, get a quick lead ahead and, and
1: let's roll. But yes, yeah, about tonight's? What about tonight? Fast uh, Tactics.
0: Look, I, I can't tell you who's going to win. I can. Right now. Okay, I'll get that off you. I just, like I said before, I think they both have things that really need to click. You know, we haven't seen Jane and Karen in the defensive circle for over a year now. Their, their chemistry is, is uh, second to the Toyava wiki combination, but I think if they can get firing, I think the Stars are really, really, really going to struggle uh, to get the ball down to Meyer with those two very aggressive uh, in that circle. Jane Watson will not want a lot of scores tonight, so I'm going to have to tip out the tactics to win. Um, but I wouldn't
1: be surprised if if the stars pivot by one or two. Stars will win. I think the tactics will be a bit rough to start with. A few changes in their team, many with very changes. good players, but I don't think the connections will build through the season. So I think the stars will come out and they'll be they'll have about a five point lead at the end of the first quarter, and then they'll hang on. Okay. my prediction. All right, we'll go head to head. We'll go head to head. We'll see tomorrow who's the winner. Okay, that'll be me. Uh, winner, uh, loser buys the other one an $8 sausage roll from uh, the, the the extortion cafe next door.
0: Love it. Okay, okay. I'll deal with that. We'll do a virtual handshake through the glass window that no one else can see except us. There we go, people. <laughs> You've seen it here. It's, uh, it's done deal. It here. You've heard it here. Karen's right.
1: getting sausage roll tomorrow. All right. Um, we will have a break. Um, we love Johnny Mac's news. But we're finding out what else is making news around the world after the break.
5: Gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
14: What's making news around the world?
1: Captain K, with your newsreader's hat on, what have you found around the globe?
0: Well, Steffi, uh, last time I did What's Making News, we did a little expose on reality TV show. Yes, we did. Just for this first story here, I thought I'd stay on reality TV, uh, a channel called TLC, you might have heard of it. Tender, loving care. I don't actually know what it stands for. I should have Googled that. That could be my fact of the day, maybe, while we get it up. Uh, there's a show called My Strange Addiction. Mm. Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Yes. They. So uh, I thought this one was fitting after you and I indulged in some uh, Mexican last night. <laughs> this might help us solve the issue that we're finding ourselves in. A woman is addicted to eating toilet roll. She gets through around 75 sheets of the stuff every single day, with her mum claiming it's like a Class A drug to her. Oh so she's genuinely addicted to eating toilet roll uh, some of the other notable ones that I found I' didn't, I hadn't heard of my strange addiction so I'm really excited to go home and watch it on YouTube uh, eating tire off a car so eating eating the rubber uh, and the stuff that tires are made of and uh, eating the wall. So there's some uh, some lady in the States who kept it a secret from her family for years and years. She had a big uh, poster up on her wall and people always wondered, well, that's got nothing to do with anything. It just looks like a big sheet. So they pulled it back and found out that the wall's missing and she's been eating it. (laughs) So uh, I don't think uh, I'll be trying any of those things soon. Would she be making it into a wall burger, perhaps? Oh, Steffi, stop it. I've got to give you Hang on. (laughs) <laughs> Very well worth it there A wall wall burger I love that one Rory's going to be jealous uh, Going into extinction chat Here's Steffi. What's Wooly, becoming extinct? Woolly mammoths Yep <clears throat> You a big fan of woolly mammoths? The image? Obviously we haven't seen any No, but I've seen a picture of them Okay, well we're about to meet them Very, very soon. They're coming back. Yes, so uh, they are no longer just belong to the history books. Uh, Efforts from scientists are in the process of reincarnating the big uh, woolly mammoths. As little as four years, Steffi, they reckon they can regenerate and create the woolly mammoth once again. And... I'm really, I don't know about you, but I'm worried about this AI and all these robot things. What if we, uh, like, someone's just going to start bringing back Tyrannosaurus Rexes and then we're just going to be living Jurassic World, right? (laughs) Is that not scary? Like dinosaurs and robots within the next 10 years running around. A big woolly mammoth.
1: I don't know if you want to be seeing one of those out on the countryside. Those uh, things uh, are giants. I just want them to find the abominable snowman and the Loch Ness Monster once and for all. Well, Steffi, on my
0: next... No, <laughs> imagine the seeds if they just did that. I think, I think if they can make a woolly mammoth, surely someone can make the Loch Ness Monster and just chuck it in the lake and just say, here we go, told you it was always true, and it's moving, and then it eats us all, and uh, who's laughing last? Definitely the woolly mammoths. From one extinction to another. This one is close to my heart, Steffi. When you go, uh, when someone you love or someone you know goes to the airport and they go through duty free mm. and they say, Do you want anything? Do you have a go to? Um, bombay Sapphire Gin. That's what my mum says, so mm. I understand that one. Mine's a Toblerone. No, it isn't. Ever since I was a kid, I've loved the massive Toblerones, right? So even nowadays, and I'm a, above the legal age to, to consume a nice gin, I'd still pick a Toblerone, just for the for See, old for time's me, sake.
1: For me, and I could get shot down here, Toblerone chocolate, as chocolate, isn't great. But what it is... It's not, isn't it? <laughs> To be fair. What it is, is I've been overseas... I've got a Toblerone to prove it. There you go. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's all we, it is. The
0: only time I've had Toblerone is from uh, the duty free at the airport. So, if someone came into
1: work with a Toblerone, I'd just assume
0: they've been overseas. Yeah, you've obviously been to duty free. Mm. Where's my Bombay Sapphire Gin? Yeah. You know? Uh, but yeah, the Toblerone, it's not going extinct. But when I think of Toblerone, you obviously think of the, the triangle shape. Mm. And I also, and this just could be on weird, but I always used to look at the mountain. So they've got a famous mountain next to the Toblerone. Yep. It's a famous mountain of uh, the Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. There's a new, new law now called the Swiss Act, properly named uh, the Swiss Mountains. That, uh, Toblerone are no longer allowed to have the mountain Oh. On their packet. So after 30 plus years, the mountain is disappearing. That was more of a to-my-heart one, so I thought I'd give that And out.
1: you know the interesting thing about Toblerones? Is you know the advertising signs around the boundary at cricket that has the rope go through the advertising hoardings? Mm. They are officially called Toblerones. Really? So now Toblerone is that's, a shape? That's their industry name, is you got to fix up the Toblerones. There and the go. little wedge advertising around sporting... Um, Stadiums, they're called toberones. Love it, there with we go. A and Z with zero insurance, with all of those, they're toberones.
0: That can be one of three facts today. Fact number two, the word race car.
1: You've said this so many times. Did
0: you know that it's spelt the same backwards and forwards? <laughs> you say this all the time. Every what's making news, Staffy. My real fact is, how I'll give you a guess, actually. How long, if I've got a pencil and it's always sharpened, how long of a line do you think I could draw before the pencil would run out?
1: Uh, one and a half kilometres.
0: 35 miles, so you weren't far off <laughs> 56 kilometres. You weren't too far off. But yeah, so a pencil actually has the capability, the lead inside the pencil is uh, the equivalent of 56 kilometres. So if I was to draw a perfect line with the pencil being sharp at all times, I could draw for 56 kilometres. My That's fact, fact of the day?
1: Hit me. What percentage of Biro pens see out their natural life without being broken or lost, and they run out of ink. 7%. 4 Ooh, Not bad. We'll not have bad a break shot. and we'll come back. Rory's weighed in on the debate about the person needing the toilet paper saying, speaking of toilet rolls, we ran out of toilet paper once and had to use lettuce leaves, and that was just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Captain Kate doesn't like it. Uh, TLC stands for the Living Channel, not tenderloving care. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Um, they've said they'll bring it back for 25 years. Is that? The... the mammoth.
0: The mammoth. So I just looked it up as little as four years, uh, but due to the conditions,
1: 25. Mm. Mm. Uh, Staffy, for Graham from Ken. Don't look back in the past. This is a new season mate, but I love the banter Graham Cheers from Ken. Staffy, have you heard the word on the street is that postman Pat has quit his job? Guess what they call him now? Um What do they call him now? I'm trying to guess what the answer will be. Do you know what the answer is in there? Like, guess what they call him now? Postman Pat. Quit. Steph, it's on
0: the on the bottom of the text. Oh. Pat have he, yeah, have you he heard that the postman Pat quit his job? His name's now Pat. <laughs> Not bad.
11: Not bad at all.
1: Yes, we have the faith, the one New Zealand Warriors in the top eight. <laughs> Sitting fifth on the table, but what a, great, what a great start. What a great start. And one of the teams in the top eight, they have a bye in the next round, Manly Seagulls. So hopefully we'll stay in the top eight. Joining us now, oh, one of the greatest Warriors men in the world. Fonzie joins us now. Fonzie, welcome in.
15: G'day, Staffy. Great to be here, mate.
1: Defensively... Brilliant, I thought, for the Warriors, if you compared it to previous seasons.
15: Yep, I'd probably put it slightly differently. The gutsiest defence we've seen in a long time. Um, There's a bit of work to do maybe on structure and patterns, but it was gutsy. It was gripping and it was gutsy.
1: You feel like Andrew Webster's worked on mindset before he's worked on attack and defence and... I'd give him a tick for that because the mindset of that team, while there were still errors and it was a bit clunky at times, that um, goal line defence, I loved it. Even though it wasn't pretty, I loved the attitude.
15: Yeah, yeah, completely agree. No one no one in that team um, was doing anything other than giving everything they had to hold the line. And when when mistakes were made in defence, you saw cover tackles, you saw last-ditch efforts that, you know, unless, unless everyone's bought in 100%, you just don't see. There's some memorable ones like Chance holding Ponger up on the line or Corsi taking his man down on the sideline, but there were heaps in the middle too, staffing throughout the whole 80 minutes. Um, and it just felt gripping because it always felt like there was something happening. I didn't take notes in this game because I was too busy paying attention <laughs> to what was on the screen, kind of like the way an origin game sort of grabs me where there's, there's non-stop intensity.
1: There was some amazing defence, last line defence from Pompey and Cossie, two players that have had a lot of question marks about them over recent times. They would have left the field feeling pretty good about their performances?
15: Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, they more than did their job in defence, and there was some good ball movement from centres who many, including me, uh, hadn't really, given a lot of credit to in pre-season uh, to, to score some tries as well. So, yeah, look, they had a good day. I mean, I think the thing with particularly Corsi is that a guy at, his stage of, at the stage of his career is not going to do that every week. So we, we shouldn't expect that that's his baseline. We, we should hope. But, you know, he'll have a shocker in the coming weeks. It's just the way, <laughs> the way it is at this point. Um, and and we understand and accept that. But, gee, it's good to see that on his good days, he's very, very good.
1: One player that hardly anyone was talking about before the game, but a lot of talking about him now, is Jackson Ford. What what an impression he made.
15: Mm, Both sides of the ball, yeah. He looks good, doesn't he? Really good mix of um, speed, strength, seems to know how to run the right lines, holds his edge up well in defence. He's one of these players who, um, you know, sometimes you get a player from a club who... You know, that club probably isn't using the player very well. There's been a few from the Dragons, I think, in recent years. And sometimes buying a player like that from the Dragons can be a bit of a, a masterstroke because there's a lot of upside they haven't managed to tap. And I think he's in that category.
1: What does your report card look like on Mitch Barnett?
15: Yeah, Barnett. Well, look, he did all the things that we know Mitch Barnett can do well, which is heart, energy, energy. Um, sort of leads by example, he, he was really good. Um, I think before, last time we spoke, I was a bit uncertain about Mitch Barnett at prop because not so much about Mitch, but what it meant for our overall propping rotation. Mm. I thought we might be a bit light. And something we did on the weekend that we didn't do in either trial is that when Barnett went off, we moved Tohu Harris up into prop. And Tohu is that bigger body. And I thought the balance of the... Propping rotation with Torhu at prop when um, Adam Fanua blake went off was good. And so I think we got the best out of all of our middles with that rotation. So I think that was a, a change that Webster made that went really well. The only downside is it had Torhu Harris playing 80 minutes, including 40 at prop. And I don't know if he can do that for 25 rounds of the year.
1: 51 tackles, Torhu Harris. He, that guy has got ticker.
15: Yeah, unbelievable. He's almost not human at He did this in 2020 as well um, in the year when, you know, we were getting smashed by COVID and we really showed a lot of ticker and and he did the same thing, sort of these 80-minute these performances. But I just do worry about whether that's a sustainable model. I feel like he needs a break, at least in some games, when Walker comes on and, and gives him a spell. So I do still have a bit of a worry around whether we've got enough props in the squad so that we're not relying on tohu to do two jobs, if that makes sense, Daffy. That's yeah. my worry with tohu.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been asked to do so, so much. And the, the, I do want to talk to you about the Dolphins, but before we leave the Warriors, Sean yeah. um, Johnson, um, I saw good and I saw not so good, but um, yep. am, I, am, am I rose-tinted glasses saying I was quite encouraged by glim- – I, I saw glimpses of the old Sean.
15: Yep. Yeah, a couple of line breaks. Um, you know, he can still move pretty well over fifteen meters. No doubt about that. His kicking game wasn't wasn't perfect, but I mean, I don't think I don't think any half on the field was perfect on the weekend. It's round one. He was better than in the trial. So no, I think there's reasons to be optimistic for Sean. But can I just say I, I think the best player on the field was Wade Egan. I mm. thought he was unbelievable. One of the, a really subtle performance, but. You know, Cameron Smith, almost level of quality from him. And I think each of our spine players showed me something that was impressive, and I'm really actually quite positive about how they might all come together.
1: Yeah, because Chance was, um, he, he dropped a couple of high balls, and, and, and I'm sort of, I'm okay with that in, in game one. But if we can keep that that spine, and, and it's it's a throwaway line, but it's proved to be so important championship-winning teams and top eight teams, they, they manufacture a a good spine. So good start by chance. Yep. And as you say, Wade Egan as well.
15: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, the, the pieces are there. Um, I think the, the question is when, you know, you can only play with based on guts and energy and doing it for your coach for so long. So the question now is, as that fades away and we get into the grind, what's where got, I reckon he's got a lot, but we're not going to do it on guts for 25 rounds. So, no, what we need to be watching now is what does it look like when, when, the, when that desperation and guts just falls into a grind? What do we really got?
1: What we did get in the weekend were a couple of upsets. I think the Broncos against the Panthers on Friday. Um, yeah. was, that's a monster for the Broncos, isn't
15: it? It's massive. And if you look at the stats for that game, I, I sort of keep an eye on stats a bit, Staffy, because I'm always trying to look at what are the, the things that decide whether you win games or not. And so the Broncos got dominated in possession. They got dominated in run metres and were pretty much on parity for metres per carry. You should never win a game if that happens. That should, you shouldn't win a game if you get dominated in those stats. Mm. So that tells me that Penrith's machine is badly misfiring. Yeah, The gears aren't clicking because the base was fine. They made the metres, they won possession, all those things that you know, are the, the bedrock of winning a game. So I think they're missing that hooker And there's something else there where they're just not firing. But they did enough to win that game twice, Penrith, in terms of the fundamental metrics of the game. So I'm certainly not writing them off, and I'm not getting carried away with Brisbane, uh, but... An impressive scout for Brisbane this early.
1: It's amazing, actually. I've just clicked on their stats. Penrith were mm. in all of the attack stats, were ahead in passing, yep. nine offloads versus four, uh, 486 receipts versus 391. Total passes, yep. they had 80 more passes. Um, yeah. Kicking, oh, it's forced dropouts, it's everywhere.
15: If, if you showed me those stats and said, without having watched the game, what was the score? I would
1: have said Penrith 30-6. to six. Yeah, just alarming. But the yeah. Dolphins, I watched that game. I thought I'd just click in, watch the Roosters put a number on them, turn it off after 20 minutes. My God, what what an atmosphere, 32,000 at Suncorp Stadium. Old man Wayne in the coach's box doing his uh, grimace the whole 80 minutes. What a fantastic game, of league.
15: Yeah, it was good. I have to admit, I didn't get to watch it live because I actually took my family down to Leichhardt Oval for the game that was on <laughs> next. And so we were we were on the hill watching reserve grade at Leichhardt while that game was on, and I was sort of keeping an eye on my phone. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, again, they're, they're similar, right, in the sense that it's a team that's sort of come together, a lot of new players, a lot of experienced forwards, Wayne Bennett's got them playing gutsy, desperate. Um, There's a lot going on there. The question will be, where are they in 10 rounds? When all that's worn off, a couple of injuries to a couple of these veteran forwards, inexperienced players coming through, can they still do that? I I don't know. I'm not saying no, but, um, yeah, it was a great feel-good story to start the round.
1: Yeah, just some of their players, like Jermaine Asako, just looked re-energised. He was fantastic. Yeah. even even the old blokes, you know, Jesse Bromwich and his brother Kenny Bromwich, they were good. But Felice Kafusi, for me, was just yep. beast mode.
15: Yeah, he's probably their marquee signing to this point, staffy If they've got one, I mean, he's a he's a genuine um, Origin player who can hold down an edge defensively better than anyone, and, and also plays a good role in attack. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's an out and out star, Kafusi. <laughs>
1: What's Going back to the Warriors, a couple of really tough games for them coming up. Um, is there a possibility we could win one of those?
15: Definitely, yeah. I mean, the Roosters lost on the weekend, as you said, and they've got plenty of injury problems. Um, meanwhile, as far as I know so far, we've come out of that game fit and at full strength and with a bit of confidence. So can we fly over to Sydney and beat the Roosters on their home ground while they're in a dip? Absolutely we can yeah no, i don't i don't think I don't think there's anything about the roosters on the weekend that made you think they're in a different class right at this minute to us um so yeah, absolutely we can win. I'm gonna be there on the weekend, so we'll see what
1: happens. oh, we usually win when you go too, don't we?
15: I've got a pretty good record, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll hold you there And then the following week I know we're going a long way ahead But then up to Townsville to take on the Cowboys It's a pretty tough start for the Warriors Um going to be a wee while till they play back in Auckland um, I sort of said a pass mark was one win out of the next two But I'm starting to think maybe a pass mark's two out of two <laughs> <laughs>
15: We're doing the classic Warriors thing Of getting ahead of ourselves a bit here aren't we I think look, I think um, one out of two would be fantastic really Because we all know the Roosters are and we'll be a good team, and same with the Cowboys. I'm a bit worried about the effect of travel, coming to Sydney, going to North Queensland. You know, we might get beat up a bit on the weekend from a roosters with a point to prove. So, um, yeah, look, I'd, I, if you offered it to me now, I'd take one out of two quite happily. But it's, it's more about, you know, do we see that sort of level of guts and determination repeated, but also do we see that transitioning into a, a bit more smart play Know better patterns of play. That's what we want to see. And in a way, it doesn't really matter if we do or don't beat the Cowboys. If we can see that progression, it'll point to good things to come.
1: Who were the finally Fonzie? uh, The the big winners and the big losers from the weekend? Do you think either teams or players?
15: I think the big winners were the Dragons because they didn't play. Um, I think last time I was on your on your show, I said I was looking at them for the spoon. And with the Dolphins winning. The dragons haven't had to go out and put a performance on yet, but you know I think yeah (laughs) I think the dragons probably stocks raised because we didn't see them play. I don't think they're much of a footy team this year. (laughs) Uh, Winners will look. I mean Brisbane are going to be excited about having got that result, but I think there's a bit of fool's gold there for the reason we talked about around the stats and the underlying sort of foundations of that game. Um, I mean I think the Warriors are definitely a big winner. I think that. You know, can you imagine if we were sitting here having this conversation, having got done? It's just such a different mindset across the, the club and the fan base. So I put us up in that category. Um, who else sort of caught my eye? You've got to say the Dolphins, don't you? Again, same thing. If, if they lose, imagine it's just a different narrative. It's just such a different mindset. So I think, you know, in a way, the Warriors and the Dolphins aren't that different staffies. Uh, we're a rebirth club and they're a new club that's grown out of a very stable New South Wales Cup foundation. You know, people talk about the Dolphins being thrown together, um, new spine, new roster, new coach and stuff. It's not that different with the Warriors staffing in a way. And uh, we sort of shouldn't forget that.
1: Are the Dolphins going to play all their games at Suncorp or are they going to have some at their home stadium?
15: Yeah, I, I believe it's a mix. They're going to do a mix of games at Suncorp, more your marquee games, and then some at their home stadium, because I think that's only sort of your 13 or
12: 15,000
15: capacity. Mm-hmm. So for the bigger games, they'll be at Suncorp and the others up at Redcliffe. Um, and I think that's important that they sort of connect with that Redcliffe community, because there's a lot of league fans up there.
1: Yeah, oh, I, was just, I couldn't have been more delighted for them watching them and just the anticipation for all of those fans waiting for all this time since it had been announced. Um, not tremendous recruiting on paper. I don't, I don't recall people saying, oh, they've recruited fantastically. They're a bottom three side. Yes, it's Wayne Bennett, but they're going to struggle. Just being a Dolphins fan today must feel amazing.
15: Yeah, and they recruited a lot of projects. So you mentioned Jermaine Osako, who everyone in league has known that guy's got talent, but it's been getting him to put it together, put it together consistently, work on different parts of his game. And you, know, you get the feeling that Wayne Bennett's picked up some of these project players and he's probably going to make the project successful. So, And that's exciting because you're seeing that growth in the players under your coach. So same thing we are seeing with the Warriors, I
1: Awesome, mate. Um, Great to chat to you, buddy. And no doubt we'll do it again over the season. uh, Every time, just win after win after win for the Warriors. It'll be a brilliant chat.
15: Sounds good, Staffy.
1: Cheers, buddy. There he is, uh, Fonzie, co-host of this Warriors Life podcast, which you can find on um, Spotify everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's great yarn, great yarning with the lads. And um, Fonzie in particular, he always gives himself to us for a few minutes to talk, RL and that Dolphins result 28-18 over the Roosters, I mean the Roosters and Penrith both losing for the competition. Not not saying that the Roosters fans and Penrith fans not not giving you the the bird, but for the competition, what an injection! You know, having the Broncos back up and winning again, the Rabbitohs with their huge fan base getting over the Sharks, um, the Cowboys sneaking one over the Raiders. Um, I guess the disappointing one for me over the weekend was probably the Bulldogs um, getting pumped by the Sea Eagles with the biggest margin of victory and just a reminder we had our sweepstake or Calcutta or whatever you want to call it on Friday and Blake from Auckland predicted Manly would win by 26 And they won by 25, but you were by far the closest, Blake. So $50 TLB bonus bet. We'll do that again on Thursday or Friday for this week. It's always a a good time to get your crystal balls out and see who's going to be the dominant teams in Super Rugby and the NRL. Uh, So thank you to Fonzie for checking. It's our chatting NRL. We'll take a break and we'll come back. Uh, We're 225. Thank you to Gull. Gull Gull.nz fueling our mission all year round and yours. Economical fuel all year round. Now, um, boys out in the hot box, there, like, there's so much Premier League chat went on this morning. I had to stop Niv and Rubinho talking English Premier League. It it was going for an hour. Then I caught you two in the corridor chatting Liverpool. Um, What's.
16: I understand something big happened for Liverpool in the weekend. (laughs) Something huge happened, Steph. Uh, we we beat uh, Manchester United seven nil this morning. It's their worst loss in the Premier League era. I don't think you've dressed that up well enough Niv, for how
0: much we've been talking about it today. Steph, United lost seven nil to our Liverpool pal.
1: So are they going to sack their manager now? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who is nah. the Man United manager? Eric
16: Ten Hag. Oh, uh, he's gone. <laughs>
1: Eric, 10 minutes
16: oh, Look, I'm trying to keep it professional But this morning I shed a tear And uh, I was running around my room screaming Really? Uh, yeah, the missus couldn't do her work She was trying to work from home <laughs> is, it, <laughs> does it mean, uh, is it because it was man U? It's not the 7-0, it's man U. Oh, it's a bit of both Like, to beat Manchester United Who are a proper side um, who everyone said they were entitled contention before this game uh, to beat them seven nil. Considering Liverpool haven't been great this year, it's been a shaky season. That's huge, but also one of the biggest rivalries in the world, and so it's good to have bragging rights. Yeah, because
1: I was just saying in the ad break, I I saw on Twitter someone to post a video of the commentary box of that game, Liverpool-Man City, and one commentator was nutting off and the other one was just sitting there, arms folded, shaking his head. And then Captain K said that's two iconic club legends going yeah, for it.
0: so it was uh, a classic video. Gary Neville and uh, Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher, obviously the ex-Liverpool legend. It's always a good time when the derby's on and those two boys are in the booth. And for 7-0, which is... Uh, one in a billion chance going into this morning and it actually planned out the way that we wanted it to and, and uh, those two are just a comedic duo of one's going one way, the other's going the complete other so that video that Steffy showed us, Gary Neville, was near in tears.
1: So I, I feel like I've got to get my phone out and put it on video mode for when Ricardo Ball walks in because he's Man U through and through and you two are Liverpool through and through. Yeah. So Is it friendly banter or will it... Could it get nasty? Look,
0: I'll tell you what Steph, the highlight of the morning wasn't actually the 7-0 win, it's what's <laughs> come afterwards and what Niv has decided to do. So I'll give you my story, about two weeks ago we went. Uh, no, we were playing at home at Anfield against Real Madrid, one of the greatest teams in the world and I'm not going to say the score but it was above 5 and uh, Ricardo sent Niv and I a text saying high five. Uh, so being up seven nil, oh, Niv, take it away. What did you do to the poor man?
16: Oh look, I'm I'm not one to gloat usually. I just keep to myself. But uh, after I got that text, I just I had to get ex- I had to exact sweet revenge on Ricardo. So I popped up to the dairy just before, and I've left him a uh, a drink in the fridge with his name on it. And that drink is a Seven Up, Steph. Oh, that is quality.
1: That is quality pranking. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so it's, it's in the work fridge with his name on. Absolutely. And I you're just going to tell him you've got something for him
16: in the fridge, are you? And that's he'll exactly think it's a bear. Done. He'll yep. think it's a beer to appease, to help him get over the 7 0 drubbing. Yeah, sort of olive branch, but just I, I really want someone to capture that moment when he opens a fridge.
1: Mm. Mm. Yes, nice. I like that. Well, I'll, he'll probably come in. At about the time we're finishing, I'll get the GoPro ready. We'll yes. stick it in the fridge. Yes, and we'll we'll put it on our socials if he does. Uh, some texts have come in. Uh, afternoon, Steph. Uh, to Ken. this is the oh, this is the Graham Ken banter. Yep, it's all meant with kindness and good nature. Go well, mate. I'll see you at the final. Oh, so Graham's predicting a Blues Crusaders final. Um, not sure if you guys know or have had anything or have had anything, but one. Of the backroom staffers for the Dolphins is Hannon Laban, Ken Laban's son. There you go. Um, Sevens is back underway, actually. This is the, what's this, semi-final? It's just the final. Oh, it's the bronze final. Third and fourth playoff in the men's. uh, Ireland taking on Australia. We'll keep you up to date with those. Uh, The Blues lost the game in difficult conditions. It's not every day you play in 35 degree conditions. Moreover, the Brumbies are a better team than most Kiwis. Some text missing. Hmm, Must have been swear words. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The Dolphins look like they played with a real porpoise in life. Rory. Like that. I thought I could take my dog with me to the gym today. It didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) They're coming in from Craig. Steffi, I thought Johnson played okay on the weekend. It was good to see him taking on the line a bit more. Agree. However, it would appear that once again, we only seem to have one genuine kicking option, although Egan does kick occasionally. Expect to see a lot of pressure coming his way if that continues. Uh, Mitch Barnett showed his worth. Ford was very good. Harris was immense. Man, we missed him last year. Uh, Nicol Kluckstar was solid. Neocore, a little quiet. Bunty added some impact and passing game, and Ale looks promising. Hopefully you can remain injury-free. Pete, love your dissertation. Brad, how are your cup runs going, you Scousers? How are your cup runs going, lads? I knew that one was coming. And what? Just answer me. How's your cup very, run going? Very, very well. Who's, who, just text in, Brad. Who are you a fan of, mate,
0: before
16: mm. you
1: start firing up at us, Scousers? Oh, the text missing's returned. Knowledge... Them to be. No to I personally believe the scrums are an absolute mess. There's no consistency in terms of officiating the scrum at the moment as a viewer. It's so frustrating to watch. That's from Junior. Yep, they'll sort them out. They will sort them out. We'll have a break. We've got new sport and weather with Johnny Mac. That's now. Just going 2.30, and uh, we're going to talk some super rugby here. We're going across the ditch to a Kiwi who is working for nine, though, and we're going to focus in particularly on the Brumbies beating the Blues. Yes, you heard right. The Brumbies beating the Blues. Simon Chapman joins us. G'day, Simon.
17: G'day, mate. How are you?
1: Very well. Um, it was... Not a massive shock, but there was some surprise that the Brumbies could get over the top of the Blues. How's that result been uh, welcomed on your side of the Tasman?
17: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people going into that match sort of had it 50-50. Like, it could have gone either way. And I think we sort of saw that in the first half where it was just sort of tit for tat, right? Like, you know the Brumbies scored and then the Blues scored and then the Brumby scored and then the Blues scored and then the Brumbies <laughs> scored and that was kind of it, you know. And, that, and then no really one scored. Up the game. <laughs> yeah, and then we, you know, it was, you know it was cliche that as it sounds, you know, it really was a game of two halves where the first half was just action-packed and then the second half was almost like a, a game of attrition. It was, it was quite bizarre, really. Um, but yeah, you know, like the, the players were talking about how it sort of felt a bit like a test match in that first half. Uh, and then you know, sort of grinding it out in the second. But, yeah, I think on the whole, the Aussies would be pretty stoked to see the Brumbies go two for two um, and also see the Waratahs go two for two because that's obviously, that bodes well for their World Cup hopes. Um, and, you know, I guess for the, for the health of the sport, it's actually probably a, a good thing to see the Aussies getting up
1: yeah, some good performances coming out of the the Brumbies as well. That loose forward trio, a um, couple of rolling mall tries, which I'm not not a big fan of. But Rob Valentini is just going strength to strength, isn't he?
17: Yeah, he's he's just having a enormous, I guess, purple patch at the moment, and you can't really do any any wrong at the moment. The Brumbies just just look so strong, sort of um, in the mall more so than the Blues. The Blues never really got a chance. To be honest, it was any opportunity that the, the Brumbies were getting down. The other end of the field, they were really able to capitalise and, and the Blues at no point really looked like they were going to score off off driving malls.
1: Set piece for the um, Brumbies. I always struggle to call them the ACT, but they are the ACT Brumbies. Um, <laughs> it's always been quite good, but they look like they've gone next level this year. If they had a change, I don't know whether you know, a change in their coaching setup with their forwards,
17: no, I don't think there's been a massive sort of change. I think it's sort of just a, it's a combination of things. I think they've just sort of got a really good group of, of players at the moment. You know, there's some some really big names in there in terms of, you know, guys who have played for, for the Wallabies. You know, you've got, obviously, Valentini, you've got Pete Samu, um, you yeah, know, Nick Frost in there as well, James Slipper at number one, you know, Tom Wright. There's just a, a lot of really, really big names in, in that starting lineup, Nick White as well, coming off the bench. You know, the bench is super strong, so no lot of sale as well. You know, in terms of a side, you know, picking the Brumbies, um, you'd have to say they're probably the, the strongest Aussie side at the moment, and they're probably the ones that if if there is any Aussie side that's going to go all the way in Super Rugby, it's, it's probably going to be them.
1: You mentioned White and Lollisio there. When I saw the team named, I thought, gosh, I've left their best halfback and first five on the bench. Um, but it looks to me like Larkham is going to have, like, Debreceni-Lonergan as one partnership and White and Lollisio as the other partnership and stick with those two and maybe half a game each.
17: Yeah, definitely. I think the, the good thing with that, right, is it, is it gives you the opportunity to have two groups of two just go at a hundred percent the whole match. Really, you know, you can you can play that first half, and they can just go all out with your, your first pair, and then the second pair can come on and and also be running at a, at a hundred percent. And and especially in the the heat in Melbourne, you know, that was a big thing. So it was really important for guys to to I guess maybe not play the whole game and and just still have that strength coming off the bench. And and we saw how important that was, um, especially in, in that second half, just when the the Brumbies were were defending really well. And I think. They just sort of made the most of it. If anything, it was, it was a flawed performance from the Blues. They just weren't able to maximise on opportunities when they had them, just made too many mistakes. And, and especially at the start there, it sort of set the tone when they had that, those two yellow cards.
1: Um, I thought uh, even though they lost I thought the Melbourne Rebels showed a lot of ticker probably because they were hosting all the teams there and they I think they really did roll their sleeves up Um, they'd be pretty buoyed although a loss it was only a six point loss to to the Hurricanes Um, I fear for the force though but uh, they'd look woeful but the Rebels they're capable of an upset this season
17: Yeah absolutely they they were actually kind of the stars of it weren't they Mm. you know they Obviously, hosting Super Round—it's a, it's a super important um, weekend for them, and and they obviously attracted the the biggest crowd as well. And watching the Rebels, you you thought there yeah. maybe in the last sort of fifteen ten minutes, like oh maybe maybe these blokes can get up here, yeah. but um yeah, unfortunately the Hurricanes just just getting the all over them at the end. You know that would have been another great win for Australian rugby and uh, on the whole if the if the Rebels had got up, but. In many ways it is a bit of a win that they were able to get so so close and it's good for good for the sport, rugby like union and in that part of the country as well, considering how dominant, you know, the other codes, football, AFL and NRL are.
1: And the last one I want to mention to you is the Fijian and Drua. Now well while they they lost by thirty, my God, that first half defensive effort, they I wouldn't want to play them at all.
17: Uh-huh absolutely you know, it's it's a bit like a fiji national team in in many ways you know so there's a a lot of those guys that are that are playing for uh the national side so you know you you're sort of getting a little bit of a form guide into into what they might look like at, at the world cup later this year but you know maybe sort of a, a 70% national side and you know they they're putting in the hard yards you know they're, they're probably not going to be um you know, a team that makes it into into the playoffs, but they're, they're entertaining nevertheless, and it's always really good when you can see those b- blokes play against the best from Australia and New Zealand, and then obviously um, against Molana Pacifica as well. When when those two teams go up against each other, that's a, a, an absolute barn burner, as we as we saw in in the first round. So yeah, the, the Fiji and you know, it, I think it's it's just a time thing for them. Mm. You know, they're obviously new. Same with Molana Pacifica, it's just it's just time. You know, you give them the time. establish themselves this is the first year that they can actually base themselves at home um, outside of COVID so yeah I think for them this is kind of year one in many ways.
1: Yeah the comp's going great guns even though we're only uh, early on in it I'm I'm really enjoying it and uh, I think Moana and and Drua are uh, adding a lot to that. Hey Simon uh, enjoyed chatting to you today Uh, we'll stay in touch and we'll, we'll have another chat later on in the season.
9: No
1: worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers, mate. There is uh, Simon Chapman from Nine News um, over there in Australia. Yeah, fantastic win for the Brumbies, wasn't it? Righto. You know what time it is? It's time to win a $300 TRB bonus bet. $300. I can't believe I'm saying that. We're going to play the vault. You get three questions. Can you open the vault? A momentous sporting a, a sporting moment, a big sporting moment is locked into the vault. 0800 150 811. You get three questions. Can you unlock the vault and win the $300 bonus bet? 0800 150 811. Call us now. Three.
6: One answer. Can you crack the vault?
1: Right, no surprises that all the lines filled up. Um, So our digital wheel has spun in the producer's booth. uh, Line 1 to 10. Which line won it? Numero nueve, Nine. Line nine is John Johnno. of Queenstown. G'day, Jono. G'day, mate. How you
18: going?
1: Good, Jono. Right. Have you been following the vault? Please say yes. Yes. Yep, sure have. Good, good. Right. Well, you get three questions, and then you get to solve it, and if you do, a $300 TAB bonus bet will be yours. Uh, I'm just going to get my page to the vault page. There it is. Right. Your three questions... Go. Uh, Does it
7: involve
1: Christian Cullen? Question one. Does it involve Christian Cullen? The answer is yes.
8: Number
1: two. Uh, Does it involve the (laughs) Waratah? Oh, what if I said no? Uh, The answer is yes.
7: The Christian Cullen length of the field try in
1: '96 versus Waratahs. Is that your guess or your question? My um,
7: guess,
1: yeah. That's your straight into the guess. Yeah. Length of the field try against the Waratahs. Captain K put that into the vault.
4: Here. He's through What a bust here by Christian Cullen Plenty of support And what a dummy Absolutely magnificent Left Christian of the field Cullen. What a touch
1: Sensational individual performance You won't see better than that Well done champion Jono You knew You knew
12: <laughs>
15: <laughs> Outstanding
1: $300 worth of TAB bonus bets coming towards your champion.
16: Outstanding, thank you very much.
1: Good man, awesome. Jono. Good man. There we go. It took a few days, it took 100, 150, 200, 250, 3 We're on the fifth day. The length of the field try. Have you ever seen the try, Captain K? Have you ever seen that try? Embarrassingly, no. Right. I
0: haven't. I didn't know the moment, so just out there poorly in the TAB. I was only here for the last two days. Oh, true. So I'm not responsible for true, the 300 up. But no, I definitely got to go look at it. The uh, the commentary definitely gave me a little reminder that I might have seen it before, but I'm going to go have to re-jog the memory.
1: Yeah, the interesting story behind that is at halftime, the Hurricanes were down by 25 or 30 to the Waratahs, and apparently Coach said to Cullen, only you can get us out of this. Go do your thing. And he did that. Christian Cullen, greatest All Black ever. Different gravy. Uh, in my humble opinion. In my humble opinion. Just can you play that try again? Can you play it again, Captain
16: Kate? Wellington Habits. Here's Cullen. Bit of room here. He's through.
4: What a bust here by Christian Cullen. Plenty of support and what a dummy. Absolutely magnificent. Length of the field start. What a chance.
1: Sensational individual performance. You won't see better than that. Chris Handy on the sideline there. there. Go you good thing go. Buddha was his nickname. Chris Handy uh, and um, Gordon Bray was the lead caller there. Gordon Bray and Chris Handy on the sideline. There you go. There you go. Uh, we will have another vault for you uh, tomorrow. Should we get Niv to pick our sporting moment to put in the vault?
0: I think so. I'm just thinking it's probably going to be only Liverpool. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll stay clear. We'll stay clear. Niv's got a few good ones up his sleeve, actually. So yeah, great idea.
1: So I was going to say it'll either be Liverpool or something NBA. Uh, surprise us, Niv, with your sporting vault moment. And so we'll have a new vault for you tomorrow. I'll give you a Sevens update. It looks like the Women's Sevens are about to take the field uh, taking on Australia in this final of Vancouver. The two definite form teams of the Women's Sevens circuit. They're about to get underway. We'll come back after a break. Just kicked off in the final of the Vancouver Sevens. It's been going 20 seconds. Uh, New Zealand against Australia. Australia getting a uh, an early penalty and of course they're running it from Inside their own territory, and it uh, looks like they're about to nearly make a breakthrough, but they've knocked it on, so it'll be a scrum feed to New Zealand. Uh, it be amazing if they could win this. Some of the stars on this side, like um, I've watched the last few weeks, Sheree Kaka, who's really struggled to get a, a starting spot and a, and a permanent spot in the top squad. Um, she's an absolute game-breaker. Amazing feat. Uh, Jazz Hotham. Jess Felix-Hotham, one of the youngsters, and um, Miller, the the younger Miller from uh, Canterbury is fantastic as well. And Kelly Brazier bringing up her 200th game earlier in this tournament, has been going great guns, and Tyler Nathan Wong bringing up her 50th tournament, which is pretty incredible as well. They just Some of the youngsters, Georgia Miller, who's a regular starter now, and an absolute game-breaker, and just compliments the likes of um, Stacy Wacker and Michaela Blyde out on the wings they've got the powerful youngsters up the middle the absolute rapid pace out wide as well um, it's, it's a wonderful team to watch uh, five and a half minutes to go, New Zealand hot on attack still still no score um, we've got 30 seconds before the news hopefully I can tell you that there's going to be a score Sarah Herney's been scoring tries for fun this tournament, she's normally a, a provider and plays up the guts but she's had a couple of runaway tries in this tournament so far as New Zealand try and manufacture the first try of this tournament. Michaela Bride hot-stepping. How long have I got? 20 seconds to go, and they've knocked it on. It's going to be a scrum to Australia. So a very tense, low scoring affair. Nil all 10 seconds to go. We'll go to Johnny Mack with the news. Coming up to 3 o'clock, we're going to have lots for you. Golf and track and field after this. If you're, wondering, if you're wondering about the music choice, it's from the movie The Warriors. The movie The Warriors, because we're celebrating the Warriors' win. Uh, Sarah Hiddeney scored under the posts for New Zealand, converted 7-0. And Australia have just struck back uh, try under the posts. 7-0, 30 seconds remaining with Australia kicking off. We heard in the news that Ryan Fox finished 14th at the Arnold Palmer um, after a disappointing start. I think he made the cut by one to finish tied 14th and half a mil. Not a bad weekend's work for Ryan Fox. Also a pretty good weekend's work for our next guest, Ben Campbell, who finished uh, second at the New Zealand Open. Ben joins us now. G'day, buddy.
18: How are you getting on?
1: Good, mate. How are you getting on? That's. Uh, I know it's not first. I know it's not first. But your reaction to finish finishing second at a, at, a, at a big tournament, the biggest one in New Zealand, New Zealand Open? Yeah, it's always great to sort
18: of... In your backyard and obviously a member at Millbrook. and um, yeah it's, it's special playing in front of you know family and friends and um, and the support from all the locals there so um yeah it was great to you know have a charge on the on that last nine holes and, and getting con- contention and um and especially in front of in front of everyone which was uh which is always nice
1: Heck of a display by you with 68 67 68 66. Do you just go out and shoot sixties at Millbrook for fun, even when you're just playing on your own?
18: Yeah, well, sort of. It is nice to, you know playing on your home course like that. And I made the turn. I said to Mike, "Well, I've shot I've shot eight on the back nine before, so I said let's try and do that." And um, and you know I, I shouldn't be too far off. But yeah, Jonesy Jonesy was just a bit too good on his day.
1: How much of a confidence slash comfort is it to be playing on your home track knowing that most of these other guys are still learning a little bit as they go around?
18: Yeah, it definitely is a help. Um, I think like the one thing I, I sort of didn't part that great for the first sort of three days. Um, yeah, and I think that might have been a little bit to do with it as well. I, you know, normally the greens are a little bit slower and, and I was just sort of under-reading them. Yeah, um, so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's always nice sort of playing on your home course. You know where to miss it. And, and that's, I think, you know, on that, you know, the last nine holes and things like that, I was just quite comfortable out there, um, you know, and and that's just from playing it more. So, uh, yeah, it definitely is an advantage. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next few years having the Open there.
1: Yeah, and like um, we've spoken to you a couple of times on the show and you've had your battles with fitness and, and health and all that sort of thing. Are, are you back to a hundred now and ready to to take on the world of golf again
18: yeah no it's, it's body's feeling really good so um got a good team down here that looked after me and um yeah this this year up in asia is, is really exciting um you know there's, they've given a couple more spots to live um and that so yeah you know live's been a big sort of help for the asian tour and, and we're playing for a lot more money this year up there and um yeah, the schedule looks really good. We, you know, I think we've got 25 events this year, um, and sort of minimum purses uh, 750 US. So, you know, most of the purses we're playing for now are about two million. So, it's it's great to sort of have the Asian tour back how it was when I first sort of started up there.
1: So, what does your next month or so look like? How many tournaments you got in the next four to six weeks?
18: Um, I've got three in a row now So yeah, four including last week So I fly tonight up to Thailand um, And we've got an event there this, Starting on Thursday And then I'm off to India the following week And then back to Hong Kong um, And Hong Kong's just been given I think three or four open spots so um, For the Open Championship So that'll be um, be great So it's definitely one I'm sort of trying to target You know, the Hong Kong there it be great to get back to the Open again
1: how does your game stack up on the, on the Asian Tour?
18: Yeah, I'm probably quite suited to the Asian Tour. You know, like I don't obviously hit the ball as far as some of the guys, and I'm probably, you know, driving distance, probably pretty average. Um, but I think, you know, my strength is definitely my iron place. So, we sort of, you know, the courses are normally a little bit tighter up in Asia, off the tee, um, and then, yeah, and, and sort of can be quite tricky Sort of coming into the greens and things like that. So yeah, I think for me, Asia is a really good fit.
1: So what what do you what do you feel like is the most important part of your game on the Asian tour? Is is it your short game?
18: Yeah, definitely. I think for me, the the goal this year is just to try and improve my putting stats a little bit and get get just a little bit more consistent with the putter. Um, you know, in the past, I've, I've normally hit the ball really well. Um, Tea to green and that's sort of normally my strength so yeah definitely up there it's just getting used to the grass as well it's it's a lot grainier up there and it's, it's sort of for people that you know haven't played a lot of golf on like gra- really grainy grass you, you do actually have to I had to change my chipping technique and a few things like that when I first went up there so there's actually yeah a little bit more to it in the, on that side of things and and sometimes you know it just means you prep getting there a little bit earlier than you normally would just to sort of Get used to that, and and uh, and learn to read the greens with with how
1: the grain's taking it and things like that. So you're coming off a you know a great result at New Zealand, uh, New Zealand Open second equal. You were thirteenth in Qatar. Do you feel like you're ready to to make an assault? On, I know you don't have podiums in, in golf, but do, do you feel like you're in a space now where you can consistently get some top ten finishes? Yeah,
18: definitely. I'm um, really happy sort of with how my swings um, come back after the injury. Um, yeah. And I probably feel like I'm swinging it probably the best I re- really ever have um, sort of managing to, because I'm not the longest hitter. I, I sort of need to have to be able to shape the ball, you know, left and right fade and draw it um, to sort of get out a few flags and things like that. And yeah, definitely um, I've been doing some work with Marcus wheelhouse and, um, he's been a big help, um, who, who obviously coaches Foxy as well. And, um, yeah, really happy with sort of how the swing's all feeling. And, um, yeah, I feel like I'm in a good spot for the, you know, a big year ahead.
1: Talking to Ben Campbell on the back of his uh, second placing at the New Zealand Open. Uh, finally, Ben, you play a few sort of pro-ams. What's the one thing that amateur golfers get wrong that you can help us with?
18: The biggest thing is knowing how far the clubs fly. Like, the distance that they actually fly in the air, I think, would be the, the biggest thing. So many times you play with friends and things like that and I'll be hitting a 7 nine and not hitting a 7 nine and, and I think, you know, it's just getting how far you actually hit it consistently. You know, like, you might hit a 7-iron 150 metres one time, but most of the time you hit it 140. So I think that's the the biggest thing is just, yeah, a lot of the times the amateur's just under club and they probably need one, one more extra club than, they, uh, than they're
1: hitting. It took me a long time to get over Actually, You play on a par three, and, and the three guys that hit before you, because I'm always last for the honour, because I've usually had a double bogey, and they'll pull out a, a seven iron, and I'm standing there going, jeez, I think it's a five for me. So uh, you pull out a six, and you end up short. So you're saying learn your length and stick to it. Don't worry about the number.
18: Yep, definitely. Just figure out how far... Uh, the, the ball fly, and just yeah. There's no point really watching what other what other guys are hitting because uh, you know it's even like that for us out on the tour. And you know you might have a bit of a gauge that they hit it a little bit further. So you know just uh, just knowing your own game really.
1: Yeah, brilliant, Ben. Well, we wish you all the very best on the Asian Tour, mate. We'll follow your progress and uh, congratulations for yesterday. Great performance on your home track, and uh, hopefully the confidence levels are up, and we'll we'll see you moving up leaderboards on the on the Asian Tour.
18: Yeah, but,
1: uh, Thanks for the uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Cheers, buddy. Uh, ben Campbell there, uh, who's heading off uh, up to Asia. He's number nine on the order of merit now, which is pretty, pretty damn good. So I think um, New Zealand formed part of the Asian tour, the New Zealand Open. So he'll get some good, get some good points off that. In the women's sevens final, uh, Australia have struck back, but New Zealand it's three tries to two so far. Um, five. Yes, three tries to two. 19-12, two minutes to go with New Zealand in possession and that absolute trooper, Sirahirini, taking it into contact, but they've just been penalised. Mio oh Mai, Um If Australia score a try here, I hope it's out wide so they don't get the conversion, just quietly. Shall I just stay on here for a minute and a half, Captain K? I can stay on here for a minute and a half. Are we allowed to commentate this, Captain K? <laughs> I really want to. I think,
0: what if we hypothetically, what if Australia went up the middle with the ball right now, but they do get tackled by the number 13?
1: Yeah. What if? What if they got tackled, um, reset just inside New Zealand territory with the all? I'd imagine they'd kick and try and chase it down, but when Michaela Blyde is the leading chaser for New Zealand, you're always going to come second. Uh, in behind the try line there, which he touches down for a 22 metre drop out.
0: What if what hypothetically there's with, a 22 metre drop out right now <laughs> no,
1: no, no. with with a minute to go? What do you think New Zealand would do? I think they'd time waste a little bit. They might look to go to the bench to get a bit of get a bit of strike power. As it stands at the moment, New Zealand have 78 points in the World Series. 66 to Australia. And the difference between first and second points, I think it's either two or four. It might be four points difference. So if New Zealand can hold on to the seven-point advantage, they will extend their lead to 16, which is a huge mountain to climb for Australia if they want to get back into the World Series standings. Still a minute to go, uh, with New Zealand about to take a 22-metre kick-off, leading by seven. So if they give away a try... Force them to the outside because they won't get they won't get the conversion from out wide, and they haven't started started yet. Uh, Reese taking the uh, the dropout, which indicates to me that maybe Tyler Nathan Wong is off the field. Someone's trying to take Portia Woodman on the outside. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Fifty seconds to go. I think we've got it. Yeah, penalties in New Zealand. They'll waste time now. They'll get the chocolates. Please don't hex them, Steph. They're up boy. They're up by seven with 40 seconds to go. We'll take a break. On the other side, we're going to catch up with Sarah Cowley-Ross, a former Olympic heptathlete. She was in Wellington for the New Zealand Track and Field Championship, some amazing performances, and we'll talk through some of them with Sarah after the break. We're at Newtown Park in Wellington, and the best of the best that New Zealand has to offer, and a few internationals turned up as well. And she was down there, and I'm very pleased to welcome onto the show, Sarah Cowley-Ross. Sarah, first of all, welcome in. And what were the, what was the atmosphere of the Nationals like down there?
14: Well, kia ora, uh, Great to always have, have yarn to you, and particularly about athletics, I must say. I can tell you the atmosphere at Newtown Park was quite electric. And that was because we saw amazing performances early on and people showed up in in great condition
1: and really produced the goods at Nationals this year, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think, um, gosh, there's so many highlights. I was going to say my highlight performance, but there are so many. But Zoe Hobbs just gets faster and faster incrementally, really professional athlete now, 25 years old. Uh, The first sub-11 second, albeit with a little bit of tailwind, she is on fire.
14: She is on fire, and just also, that was her first race back from injury. So to come out in the heat and run 11.07, 1.8, following wind in the heat on in the heat on Friday morning, that was just mind-blowing. Uh, and then she looked so good. No, no evidence of any injury, I can tell you that. Uh, and then she backed it up in the afternoon and, and really... It was, it was a treat to watch. And for a long time, I've, I've talked over the weekend with lots of, you know, sports and the uh, athletics fans at, at the stadium. And they just said to me, I cannot believe we saw that on New Zealand soil. Uh, yes, there was a bit of a illegal wind, what we would say, over 2.0 2. metres per second in athletics terms. But uh, she still ran that fast. And it is hugely exciting. So it
1: Helps' future. Yeah, and I would encourage uh, Aucklanders to go to the Sir Graham Douglas International on March 16 and get, just see in real life how fast that actually is. You don't really get an idea of it on TV, so go and witness it up close and personal. Tian Welpton as well in the men's 100 metres, his first victory. I was, I've was i been at a nationals when he's torn his hamstring. Uh, he's had hamstring issues, so great that Tian can finally finally get a national title
14: yeah it really was and it, it really uh it meant a lot to him speaking to him after the race he was so stoked to get that monkey off his back and you know he's running really well that time that he did again slightly windy uh ten thirteen uh that's really good points for him in terms of the world athletics uh rankings for Budapest uh the world championships uh in Budapest later in the year but he's a he's a world class talent. Uh, Tian and I think we'll see him in action You know, at the Sir Graham Douglas go again and uh, also in some Australian meets across the ditch for the rest of the summer.
1: A pretty cool event for Portia Bing who's a friend of this show as well, had her on a few times winning the 400 metres title, um, I think everyone was expecting that but were you expecting her second place, the Rosie Elliott in the 400 no hurdles? I thought that was pretty amazing for Portia to back up and do that
14: Yeah it was It was a good back up, I think that that was the first time we have seen her in action over the four hurdles throughout the summer she had a break uh, after the Commonwealth Games had a huge year last year and said she just needed to take some time away from the four hurdles, concentrate on a four flat speed, which we saw in the 400 flat. Rosie Elliott, amazing run at 52.39. So that's one lap of the track in 52 seconds. And Porsche was, was creeping up behind her and uh, just a nick over 53 seconds. But Rosie actually <laughs> said to me uh, after the race, I said, oh, great race, Rosie. You know, what was it like? And she said, have you ever had Porsche being steam train uh, behind you coming into a home straight it was terrifying <laughs> and uh, you know that, that's the kind of athlete that Portia is, she didn't give up but um, yeah full credit to Rosie Elliott she's a talent for the future uh, and I know that you've talked to lots of times on your show um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do over the next few weeks with, uh, with some quicker girls, some Aussie girls to really challenge her
1: um, just before we leave sprinting actually I, I just wanted to mention um, Adira Colette and Shayel Colette a couple of youngsters uh, in the under 20s or under 18s even I think um, they're pretty rapid for 100 metre runners already
14: They are very rapid and they are lovely uh, young women actually I enjoyed uh, talking to them over the weekend 11.61 tied for in the under 18s 100 metre final and it was quite cool because Shayal has had the, the upper hand, I guess, all season of the, of the twins. And then Andera got this amazing start. And it looked like hers for the taking till 90 metres. And then Shayal just crept up, blanched for the line and dead heat. Uh, so separated by the thousands uh, and some really exciting prospects. Out of the Manawatu, the mighty Manawatu, uh and coached by George McConaughey, he's doing great things. Another one of his athletes, Angus Liver, uh, a junior, He, I would say he was an, an exciting talent to watch as well. 21-3 as a junior and really looks like looks like the goods for the future.
1: A real character of uh, New Zealand Athletics is Sam Tanner, who I mentioned on the show about, about a month ago I had him on and I said, uh, he'd been described to me as a surfer and a musician who's quite good at running, and he tended to <laughs> he tended to agree with that. He made the rest of that field look second-rate in the 1,500 metres. How how exciting a prospect is Sam Tanner?
14: Oh, Sam Tanner, like you say, is a breath of fresh air, first of all. But in terms of his running talent, I just don't want to put any limits on this guy because he's – He's, he loves running. Like He just loves the, the the joy of trying to really lay it down to these other guys. And and he's a huge talent, obviously, now at 3.31 last year at that Commonwealth Games final, which was unbelievable. And his if you haven't watched his post-race uh, interview, then you really are missing out on uh, a pure joy of effort, I guess. But Sam was interesting. After the race, he, I said, are you tired? Like, he's been racing nonstop uh, from Whanganui to Boston to New York to Bathurst at the World Cross Country Championships, then to M- Melbourne at the Mori Plant meeting, then racing the 5K on Thursday night at the Nationals. And he said, oh, come on, Sarah, it's just running. It's not that hard. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, mate, don't tell that to the poor guys behind you because was, there were was some good guys behind you, got, behind him. Uh, but he wanted to hit the bell and basically do a 400 uh, split of under 50 seconds.
1: Insane. Just just crazy. Um, speaking, crazy. Of, speaking of backing up and having amazing uh, mileage in their legs, it'd be hard to go past Lauren Agle picking up the 1,500 5,000 metre double in the space of four days. That is some effort.
14: It's a huge effort, and I think the 1500 title, particularly for Laura, was hugely meaningful because she's had some good battles with Becky Green, who it's great to see her in the form that she has been in this summer. And Lauren Nagel did a PD in that 1500, so an exciting prospect uh, as she looks now to build for a European season, she was telling me yesterday. And I can't wait to see her in some really fast races Tastes well in Europe. Uh, she's she's a real talent, that's for sure. Laura Nagel, gutsy as, and that was evident over the weekend.
1: Do you feel like Laura has hasn't really believed in how good she could be?
14: I think she came back from the collegiate system, and I spoke to her last year for locker room, and she sort of had this period of being in the wilderness. She said, "Really loved the training environment of the collegiate system." And when she came back, she couldn't quite find find that same feeling. She's now got that in the North Harbour Bay Babe Babes running group, and they are just all about running fast together and enjoying the journey as well. And so, I think that what we will see from Laura is is exciting in the future, but it's also. She's just taken a while to find her feet after coming back from the U.S. system, as a lot of people do. Mm.
1: Two more field events I want to talk to you about. Um, I, I don't need to talk to you about Hamish Kerr. He just won, as, as expected. Amazing season <laughs> for him. But Tom Walsh's 13-year reign as shot put champion is over.
14: It's over. Gecko girl yeah. stood up, and he stood up very well, actually. He, Twenty one eighty. funnily enough, it's exactly as Tom Walsh's season best. So they enter now the international season with both having the same season best, but he really put on a very good display of shot-putting Jack O'Kell. It was the first time that he's entered the circle for 2023, and Tom didn't have it on the day. So he'll, he, he's not happy about that, I can tell you, but <laughs> credit to Jacko. Because
1: it was a very good series behind his 2180 as well. Yeah, we spoke to Tom on Thursday, and uh, he said if anything gets him pumped up, it's when someone says, Come on, Jacko. So I think in, <laughs> in the fullness of time, that defeat might serve Tom Welsh well as far as um, getting motivated to beat Jacko again. And I, I think that's brilliant. The last one the return of the McCartney wins the pole vault, Eliza McCartney after being out of. Out of our eyes, out of our minds, out of our sight for a long, long time, and she had Olivia McTaggart and Imogen Eris there to push her. What, what a return to form for her!
14: Yes, w- what a return. Seeing her height over the bar was was very heartwarming, Steffi. But I think more so seeing that smile back on her face. That's no secret that she's had a roller coaster of a last. Uh, We, multiple years actually her first national title in six years uh, she did get the same height as Olivia McTaggart so credit to Olivia but Eliza the steel in her eyes when she looked straight down the camera when I was interviewing her after her competition saying I had that 471 and I'm going to get it very soon so 471 would be the A qualifier for the World Championships in Budapest and see that still back in here that's what gave, that's what was most satisfying to me. Yeah,
1: absolute competitor. Um, and it's so good. Um, some amazing performances over the weekend. So to wrap up, Sarah, um we're in good we're in good stead, aren't we? Uh, new Zealand track and field.
14: Oh, I, I walked away from the weekend thinking we've got some really exciting talents out there. It's a the new generation and I think particularly the sprinters showed up and when the nationals was announced at Wellington, can be a little bit shifty with the winds, can get a little bit cold. <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, I don't think the sprinting community would be would be uh, would be mad about Newtown Park one result. I just want to highlight that we haven't talked about. Staffy is in the women's high jump. Two hit athletes finished one and two. One eighty seven for Alice Taylor. She started the season with a personal best of one seventy three. So that's awesome. And Maddie Wilson, a PB, one eighty foot silver. So the hip athletes really brought it to the high jumpers, which makes me happy. Up
1: the hept athletes, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> good chatting, Sarah. Thanks, heaps, for joining us.
14: Thanks, Jeffy. Have a good one.
1: fantastic win Uh, fantastic chat actually first and foremost with Sarah Cowley-Ross I would encourage people I went out to this Graham Douglas uh, track meet in in Auckland last year and all going to plan although I'm just thinking I don't know if I'm here when it's on I hope I am it's on I did have it written down here bear with me because I know Zoe Hobbs is competing in that one it's Graham Douglas International on the 16th of March. Is that a Thursday? 16th of March. Is that a Thursday? As he clicks his little calendar open. It is. Maybe I can go then. Maybe I can go. Is it the 16th? I thought it was a weekend. A two day or a weekend. Anyway, if it's a Thursday, I'll go. I will definitely go. Um, So keep your eye out for this This Graham Douglas. It's fantastic to watch these athletes up close. And you can get right up close like you're standing right next to where Hamish Kerr starts his run-up for the high jump, you're standing right there, right there. The pole vault, you are literally five metres from the runway on the grassy bank and sit there and watch these world-class athletes go. You can sit on the finish line, you can sit in the grandstand. It's a fantastic way to watch, um, fantastic way to watch. Great win for the New Zealand women's sevens in Vancouver. Um Sarah Hidany won player of the final, which is just brilliant and richly deserved. She had a fantastic tournament, actually. 1912, they won the final. The men's final, the second half's just kicked off. It's 14-all, Argentina against France. And I'll tell you what, Argentina scored on the stroke of half-time right in the corner. What a glorious sight of seeing a drop goal from the sideline go over to tie it up at 14-all. Argentina have been the real movers on the World Series circuit this year, so they are all tied up with France, 14 apiece. Uh, France haven't won a title since 2005. That's 18 years, and they've lost five finals in that time. So, can they eke out a victory for the first time in 18 long years? France, who are in possession, moving wide out to the right. He gives it out to the wing. He puts his foot down. He hasn't got enough gas. He's back on the inside. The man with the man bun is going to put France in front. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. With a conversion to come. France at the lead. This is fantastic. He gives the bald cameraman a slap on the head. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Text messages that have come in. Uh, We had the Ken and... um, Graham won. Ken says, cheers Graham for that message. I'll get a couple of tickets for the for the final at Eden Park. My shout. Ken. So he's saying they're going to be hosting the final against the Crusaders and if they do Graham, he's going to shout you your ticket. Fantastic. Uh, the All Black Men's Sevens team scores against the USA from the two games was 102 to 7 that they played them both times in this tournament. Yeah. USA Um, over the last three or four years have been real contenders. In fact they've won a couple of tournaments I think with Perry Baker Um, but it looks like their run has come to an end. They were a couple of decent hidings. Uh, Just on the track and field um, with those wind assisted times, Craig sent in and said not only should the two metres per second rule be scrapped for and Athletics, But three or four massive electric fans should be installed at the start of the 100 metres to propel the runners. Imagine a world record under seven seconds. Yeah, gale force. Gale force wind behind them. The long jump would just need one fan and the pole vault too, angled upwards near the bar. And they'd just be leaping 10 metres with huge fans. Wouldn't want to get it wrong, falling from that height. Staffy from Sean, uh, the Black Fern Sevens, the equivalent of the Aussie women's cricket side, just sweeps whatever is in front of them. They are phenomenal to watch, and um, I actually just tweeted out I never get sick of watching them. They are, they are just phenomenal at what they do, and they work so hard. And I just said to Captain K after they won, they win all the time, but their absolute delight and joy when they win these titles. They're very, very hard fought, and they won a number of games. In fact, they really struggled against Canada. Canada very nearly beat them in pool play, on the back of the home crowd. Uh, what was that score? If I just scroll back up, uh, New Zealand beat Fiji twenty-four-seven. It was later than that. Yeah, Canada ten-five. That was, and it was all-out defence for the second half to hold them out in the quarter final. So they nearly went. Nearly went the way of the men's team in Vancouver. Uh, It's now 21-all, so they're kicking conversions deluxe in the men's sevens final. Four minutes to go, 21-all. France have the ball on their own 22. What an amazing result for them to pick up their first win. If they can manage it, if they can manage it, their first win on the World Series for 18 years. We'll take a break. We'll find out after this uh, what happened back in the day. Let's do that. Here's what happened back in the day. Uh, Just before we go back in the day, Argentina have uh, won the men's side of the Vancouver Sevens. A couple of late tries to them. Gosh, they have a rapid right wing. He is so rapid, two kick-throughs, and he won the race to the ball. So they've picked up a win, and they are delighted in true South American fashion do feel for the French a long time between drinks for them but they've made another final and they'll go up the board and it's all about Olympic qualification for them anyway back on this day I just see it's the 6th of March 7th of March is my sister's birthday so she'll be in our famous birthdays tomorrow Uh, but on this day 6th of March 1947 American high jumper Dick Fosbury he was born in Portland Oregon and of course he revolutionised uh, high jumping with the Fosbury flop whereby he would leap over the bar head first and backwards and he won the gold medal in the 1968 Mexico City Olympics with a leap of 2 metres 24 and actually I saw a video the other day about the evolution of the high jump and they showed every Olympic high jump win from about 1920s all the way through and it wasn't till '68 when Fosbury went head first, bum arched, and then they all did it. What a visionary. Uh, 1974, Australian Chapel Brothers created history on the final day of the first test against New Zealand and Wellington, and they became the first cricketing brothers to score centuries in each innings of the same test. Ian scored 145 and 121, and Brother Greg scored 247 not out and 133. And on this day in 1985, Mike Tyson began his professional boxing career with a first-round knockout of Hector Mercedes in Albany, New York. And by the end of 2004, his record stood at 50 wins with 44 KOs, five losses and two no-contests. And the no-contest came when Orlan Norris was knocked down after the bell and injured his knee, and when Tyson tested positive for marijuana after a second round TKO of Andrew Galotta. Birthdays today. Born in 1900, Robert Lefty Grove, Hall of Fame pitcher from the Major League Baseball, turning 60 today. British golfer Alison Nichols, Welsh Rugby Centre, Alan Bateman, turning 57. NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal, turns 41. Uh, sorry, turns 50. Turning 41 today, former All Black, Jimmy Cowan. Jimmy Cowan's birthday today Happy birthday Jimmy And on the day in 1985 Beverly Hills Cop Topped the box office And R.E.O. Speedwagon Had the number one song I, I What can't you do The 80s. The 80s music. You can't fight it. My time. You're an old soul, kiss, You'd like the 80s. And I not.
0: genuinely love 80s music.
1: It's actually, you were listening to Funky Fridays um, that Niv put it, together, a great music package for us on Friday, and you, you hadn't heard a few of them, but you were converted to it. I was slapping the hand. The Thunder all, Thumbs yeah, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. all uh, weekend long. And you horrendously admitted to me you've only ever been to one concert.
0: Yes, yes I've only been to Like for, for an
1: artist or a band I've only
0: been to one concert And who it was, was it? It was The Weeknd in uh, two thousand seventeen. It was actually a midweek By the way It was a Wednesday Or something <laughs> like that But You watched uh, The Weeknd on a Wednesday? Yeah, I watched The Weeknd on a weeknight uh, So that was good But now ha- definitely should, open.
1: We ha- should we play weekend music tomorrow? Like your favourite of all time weekend? Okay
0: we the, could do that. The artist. We could do that. I'm happy for that. I'll put together some uh, some little
1: chop-ups. I'm taking DJ Nib's job, but... Maybe we should get the listeners to text in, like, music themes for the show. Like, Let's in and out of news and in and out of ad breaks. And and listeners can sort of text in. Tomorrow's taken. It's the weekend tomorrow. But maybe we should do that each day and just say, pick us your theme tomorrow or pick us a band. It might be the Eagles. It might be Pat Benatar. It might wow. It might be Marky Mark and the funky bunch. Never again, Sappy. <laughs> there got, was
0: one good song. One
1: song. <laughs> we pushed ourselves through the eight more. I oh, know. I know. Now, um, someone's texting or texts me on my phone saying, Are we still going to the netball tonight? Are we? I'm keen. I'm keen. I'm keen. I'm keen. I think we're gonna see one of the finalists play tonight. We are. Uh, just depends which side. And if you're
0: uh, fanning a sausage roll for lunch tomorrow.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think one of the finalists of the ANZ Premiership is going to get beat in round one. Same as Super Rugby. Crusaders. Not looking good for
0: the Mystics, Ed. <laughs> 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 that was a hell of a win. Is that all they've got? You know, is it all downhill from here?
1: I don't know, mate. Yeah, so we'll go to the netball and we'll report back. Um, perhaps, because we're not working, we're just going to be fat. We're going to have chips and hot dogs and candy floss. The whole shebang. Out. Should we wear a purple glitter wig? Do we still get a lolly cup if we're not working, mate? You have so many ins at New Zealand Netball. I'll be very disappointed if you can't flog a lolly cup. Yeah, right. Do we sit at the media table or in the stand?
0: No, we've got we've got media passes, so we'll sit at the media table. <laughs> <Okay>. Better view, <laughs> and
1: you escape the TV too because the cameras are behind you, so you don't get on the tally, which is good. Which is good. Uh, coming up soon, and I'm just looking out the office. I can see Kirsty Stanway. Uh, can I see Beaver? Uh, Beaver was in Melbourne, eh? So I don't yep. went for Super Round. I wonder if he's back. Look, it's going to be like a um, lucky dip. It's a, it's a host lucky dip for the run home. Definitely Kirsty Stanway. She's in the office, beavering away like that, like that. But we'll take a break now. We'll wrap it all up and stick around two for the run home. That is four to seven.